Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss John Mayer, John Mayer, and John Mayer. I don't want to waste one minute, so let's get right into it. Hello, this is not Joshua Topolsky for once. This is also not Joshua Topolsky. You're kidding. <laughs> this is Ryan Houlihan. And this is Winton Wong. Uh, we're filling in because Josh is uh, indisposed, let's say, <laughs> but he will be back as uh, previously stated. He will be back uh, to talk for an hour at you. So you're not missing any Josh this week. Yes, you'll still have plenty of Joshua. But we're here to discuss the news for a few minutes because it's been two weeks and we got to like knock some of these topics out so that when Josh comes back, we can start fresh. So I don't know what you've been thinking about this week, but I've been actively not thinking about Donald Trump. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. It's really hard not to, but I also have only just like tangential. I think it's really interesting. So the Daily, mm-hmm. the Daily News podcast has decided that this week they're not going to talk at all about Daily News and Donald Trump. They've de- decided this week was going to be this like little mini series about Baltimore um, mm-hmm. and like policing after Freddie Gray. And I was like, OK, yeah, interesting. If Michael Barbaro is like, you got to take a break, maybe we should all maybe take a break. Maybe we should take a break. Well, that's the, I, like, I see the news. I read the stories. I'm not out of the loop. I'm watching Full Frontal, which we'll get to. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching. The break. The break. I'm Very watching um, all, anything with a little humor in it, I'm yeah. still tuning in. But I can't, for the life of me, I have actively not been thinking about Trump or his family. And yesterday in my kitchen, I was just thinking about the ice kids and I just burst into tears. And like it took me like five minutes to put myself together. So if I engage at all with this, it's just getting to a point where I can't get work done. Like I can't I don't have functional relationships. Like I'm just so distraught over what's happening that and I know that you can't be like, well, I'm just not going to engage with it. Like I'm, you know, know we're in Nazi Germany and I'm just going to stick to what I'm doing. I've been channeling Melania. I've just been removing myself from the situation. I've just been trying to clear my brain. Melania never existed, just so you know. Um, I have the proof. Um, It was a conspiracy by Hillary Clinton and Kill Clinton. Okay? They killed her, even though she never existed, and they need to lock her up. Um, although I will say a very gratifying moment when Giuliani was booed at a Yankees game. Like, uh, I've been waiting since the 90s for that. He was like, so. I don't care. Like, we're passionate people. This is what this is what New Yorkers do. And yep. I was like, we're passionate correct. about fucking hating you. <laughs> like, the Yankees are having, like, one of their best seasons so far. So, like, and let's Giuliani's be having one of his worst. Yeah, let's be honest. What's really happening here? Fuck him. Seriously. He his was not face even. gets more and more terrifying every time Ugh, I look at he's it. He's like a f- horrible golem with his. If you've ever looked, his top teeth are a different color than his bottom teeth because he only whitens one set. I have not, and Which I will never look at Giuliani's mouth ever again. Happy Pride Month. That's the most heterosexual thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Horrifying. He looks like, yeah, Gollum. He looks like like uh, he looks like like a gremlin man. Like he looks like if you fed him after midnight, we'd have two Giuliani's. He's horrifying. Um, that, and then you just told me about this pizza man thing, which I'm going to cry about. Yeah, so basically a man, a pizza delivery man who uh, 
you know, when you order a pizza, they sent out the person to send to give you the pizza. So yeah, I meet three of these of, people a day. Yeah, <laughs> a group um, of military men at the Fort Hamilton base in Brooklyn ordered a pizza. Fuck. Uh, Fuck. This man. Pablo Via Vincenzo um, did his job and gave his New York City ID to the guard and everything, um, and immediately was essentially put into questioning. They're like, "Who are you? Like, do you have uh, identification beyond your New York City oh ID God. card?" Um, and they ultimately like did a full background check on him and but found just out just that he cold was calling. Ad- like they were like, mm, le- "You you match right. this shade of brown you a little look- too close." Right, you're a Latino Papers, man. please. Um, and so they immediately, like, essentially held him, called ICE, and now he is in holding and is potentially being deported um, for doing his job. Jesus um, Christ. Because America is a bad place. 1,500 children are being kept in a big box store with no oversight, and they're sleeping in, in rooms with grown men. There's no school, and and oh, I I, I mean, the, 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 Samantha B did a piece about it last night that was devastating to me. And at one point in the piece, there was a Republican. I forget who. I'm sorry. You should watch the piece. It's fantastic. But uh, who then said like, but you know, they're getting fantastic treatment. And honestly, like some Americans don't have this level of health care. That's and, like, my biggest thing. Is you're that like, there's this constant comparison of like, well, American citizens don't even have this. American citizens don't even have this. I'm like. Right. Yeah. So, Isn't that a little embarrassing? <laughs> so, like, one, the, by saying that an American citizen should be privileged over any other human being, let alone, like, a law-abiding to an extent, but, like, a person who, like, really hasn't done anything wrong. Is inhuman. Yes. Is insane. And then to use the excuse of, well, American citizens don't even have this, is, like, an insane, like, loop like logical loop that boggles my mind because like there's nothing there's nothing more than activists in America right there's obviously activists whose like focus is undocumented immigrants but there are millions of activists who have been asking for either you know free childcare um expanding uh food welfare programs expanding jobs Medicare. programs anything so that american citizens who are apparently not getting the the amount of great care that these children these migrant children are getting can get those things yeah like what how is that the best way to explain the reason why you're separating children from their parents and keeping them in a box that nobody can go into and see how you're treating those children i mean that's that's like concentration camp stuff. And we have to get really honest and start using the words that are what these things are. Sure. Like, I'm very sick of, like, detained. Like, mm. we're not detaining people. We're putting together, like, a holocaust. Like a, like a like a them. Yeah, we're, hide, we're hiding in a uh, concentration camp. Right. And, like, uh, the and also, like, making things worse for people who come here doesn't make the situation they're coming from any better. So you're not incentivizing people to stop trying. Right. All you're doing is just committing human rights abuses. It's it's right. insane. And like the other the other like I try to try to put myself in their shoes. Like are you trying to motivate American citizens to do better? Well I don't think that's really working because ultimately you're just giving people 
who are in their own unfortunate circumstances something that they can focus their like frustrations on which are other people that like they really don't have control over but like well if my frustration about my life whether it be i'm unemployed and i can't get a job um i don't have enough food to eat i don't have enough to provide for my family instead of trying to give people potential solutions for that they're like no no, 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 no. just focus your attention on the fact these other people are here it's like an easy scapegoat it's like a, it's an easy like people have a natural inclination to fear people who are different because of evolution and if you hack that it's a really easy way to bring a group together it's a really it feels right to people they don't need you to explain why they just it feels right like if i don't have something someone must be taking it from me and it feels right that it's someone different from you not someone who looks like you so it's easy to say it's this group of poor people who's desperately trying what you're trying and if if they got some help and you got some help you could work together and both of you would succeed and a rising tide raises all boats right. then it is to explain that like there are um like god kings called billionaires who look like you right. and but a secret number in, the, in an account online lets them live what do whatever they want and keeps you from like seeing a doctor it's such, right. it, it just takes more explaining and yeah. at a certain point when you've just gone with your gut and said i'm a racist you're not it's so hard to walk that back even yeah. inside yourself it's so hard to take a step back and be like maybe i was being an asshole like i this is going to sound so trivial but i truly believe this was an experience for me I used to think that furries was the craziest, stupidest, most disgusting, annoying, weird thing that I'd ever seen. And it was embarrassing to me that, like, gay people were being lumped in with them because I'm like, we're not cartoon And it took me a long time to be like, shut the fuck up. If someone wants to do something with their life in their bedroom or not in their bedroom, they just really are in a fandom, shut, shut the fuck up. It's yeah. none of your business. It doesn't hurt you. And if those people get the right to do whatever they want, nobody's going it, it, to come to your home and say, like, you need to stop watching Romeo and Michelle for the thousandth time. Like, you know how many weird, like, things that other people would think are weird that I'm into? But it would took a while for me to admit that I was being an asshole because right. you don't even want to admit to yourself that you were wrong you just become more stubborn and like and it takes you being shaken up a little bit and i get frustrated because it's like this is children like we don't have the time we don't have the time for you to have a journey about this we don't have the time to go to gilead and have serena joy realize that her plan didn't really work out too well we don't we these are children who like a, a traumatic three months for a child can ruin your life and i'm talking from experience like you need enormous resources to over overcome something like this and I, I I get I get it makes me so worked up and the idea that Samantha B was a topic of discussion for a Ugh. few days because oh she used the word cunt, cunt. which what I will a, say one of my favorite words. It's a fucking great word. It's a great word, and I will say that like it, it first off, it's not as unacceptable in some like cultures as it is in some. Do you know what I mean? Like it seems like the American South has more of an issue with it than the gay community or people in London ever will. To me, the idea that like we got caught up on someone within a group using a slur for that group, right? Uh, rather than the fact that while talking about that, while using that word, she was talking about like a human rights abuse on a scale that like we haven't seen since like in America since like Japanese internment camps. Right. Like th th this is so disgusting and unreal. Yeah. And we spent days being like, should this white woman have called another white woman uh, the word cunt? Like, are you fucking kidding? And that she had to apologize. Uh, I liked how she apologized sure. finally, but like. I mean, it's so hard because. I can hear myself being shrill. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because there are only so many 
women's voices that have even like the percentage of visibility that most men's voices do. And I can totally understand if I'm like a male host or a male writer not feeling comfortable writing or saying the word cunt. Of course. Right? I barely feel comfortable and I'm a non-binary femme right. who like who do, who who's done drag. I barely feel comfortable. Yeah, and I think like even for me like as somebody who identifies as a woman like cunt is a word that took a lot of years for me to be like actually one I really like I think it like sounds great. It feels good coming out of your mouth. But it's also a word that has a um the staccato-ness of it and the power of it can be really It's like a um, punch. It can yeah, it can be really empowering. Um and like if you actually take what Samantha B said, right? The the actual structure of that sentence and that joke, it was like really well done. It was right? an excellent joke. And it sucks, right? It sucks that like we are punishing one of the few female voices on television for saying a word that for a lot of people should only be said by women, yeah. right? So like if Samantha B cannot say the word cunt in the context that she already pre-built in a really creative, well-done way, then like but but it? listen, it, I don't even think it fucking matters. I think we were waiting for a reason to yell at Samantha B because oh, look what sure. happened to Michelle Wolf. She didn't do a thing. She literally did not comment on Sarah Sanders' appearance, and they were like, "Well, we were ready to get mad about that anyway, so right. we're just gonna do it." And nobody cared. Nobody no. cared. They still covered it on fucking CNN for twenty four hours. Yeah, they had panel discussions. Like what? At the end of the day, like Morning Joe's just gonna take their talking points from whatever the alt right is making trend, and that's that. And like, I, I, I'm getting to a, a frustration point where like, so like for example, another news story that happened recently, Roseanne got canceled. Right. Great. This cool. is feels good. It really takes the 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 wind out of my sails when Roseanne gets canceled, but Samantha B just got so close to being canceled. But the the idea that we're not even looking at like that that Roseanne got greenlit and stayed yes. on the air for as long as she did, and it took something so egregious to get that off the air. Samantha B, I don't even think did anything and no. got got pretty close. She now has sensors in her studio with her for every show, and that, to tell you what it what. A network has to fear for them to pay an extra person on a television show. I can't right. tell you how hard well, it is. What's really interesting to me is that the the business of it, right? So the difference between Samantha B on TBS and Roseanne on ABC is that Roseanne on ABC is to an extent controlled by advertisers, right? Like that's been the new kind of activism is that Somebody, some corporate thing, some whatever, does something that you don't like. You go to where they make The only money, way to fix it is right? capitalism, unfortunately. So, but the thing, the interesting about Samantha B is the vast majority of the money made on cable is because cable channels are already pre-sold to packages. So, like, ultimately, like, like I think, like, State Farm removed their ads and, like, some, like, maybe, like, some other, like, weird dot-com business removed their ads from Samantha B. But, like, that didn't really hurt TBS. Like, ultimately, like, financially, that wasn't particularly Well, that was, harmful. like, with Fox News. The only way to really get Bill O'Reilly off of there was to say this now right. extends to other shows on your network. Yes. And as a channel, you're being tainted. Right. But that's the thing is that, like, if you were to take a macro look at, at like, the, the quote-unquote Samantha B debacle, like, the only thing that's really hurt is not TBS's bottom line. 
it's like a brief moment in Samantha Bee's career and then the essentially the essential like censor- censorship of of a uniquely female word and thought process yeah. right nothing else changed right like if it wasn't Samantha B fueling the 24-hour news cycle it would have been something else yeah right so like you could even say that like oh she just like added fire fire to the the 24-hour news cycle that would have happened regardless like, we would have found something else like they well all would have found us something else TBS is not going to get hurt right let's be honest like State Farm going out of like the you know maybe four slots that happen around Samantha B easily filled by somebody else TBS's mm-hmm. ultimate bottom line is always not touched. yeah is yeah. those like pre pre sold um cable channels so like also Samantha are, B is are... an incredibly cheap show to make and so like ultimately it's TBS not wanting to rock the boat politically culturally whatever you want to say and Samantha B going it's more important that my show stays on the air than me to fight off like this literally one particular instance of using the word cunt when she's used the word cunt in many other instances yeah. on the show. And it was bleeped. It wasn't even as if yes. like it was just said. Like Family Guy had bleeps out a ton of shit. Nobody ever comments. Oh boy. Well, in any event, in other news, in other female political news, Kim Kardashian got Trump to issue a pardon. Did I mean, anyone? He, he seems to be giving pardons to like a it, lot of people, so it doesn't feel quite as special. But, but not like not to insult her, even though I could easily give you a list of reasons why Kim Kardashian and her whole family should go away forever. But it, it, it's it, I just feel like the news is like a random word generator at this point. Like Kim right. Kardashian met with the president to get a pardon issued over a drug offense for someone she doesn't know. Like that's right. crazy. Yes. I mean, like, I think that whole, the whole situation is, like, the perfect distillation of, like, the celebrity invasion of politics, right? Like, Kim Kardashian only knew about, I think her name's Alice Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, John Legend or Chrissy Teigen told her about it because they have, like, dinner parties together or whatever it is. To be a fly on the wall. Oh, wait. Everything they do is documented. Yeah. (laughs) So, like... (laughs) And not to say that this grandmother shouldn't have been pardoned. No, of course. But like, along with like a hundred thousand other women who should be people. But like, I don't know. Like, I felt something when the announcement that Kim Kardashian was going into the Oval Office to talk about this pardon, um, and then I felt nothing else since in regards to this. Like, I'm just like. It seems okay. like that this particular thing happened is good, but that we are at a point where this kind of thing is the way that this happens is insane. Right. This is the new normal. It's like, you know, honestly, it seems like um, an old timey movie star made a call to her friend Ava Braun who said, wait, wait, wait. She needs to get one of these Jews up out of here. Right. Got him out. And we're all like, great work. And it's it like, yeah. Okay, you did a good thing. Right. How, how and and again, Godwin himself has has uh has said that Godwin's law does not apply to the Trump administration. So if I'm talking about Hitler too much, it's not just Jew stuff. Um it's not just because I'm Jewish and I talk about it a lot. It's because this is a one-to-one comparison. And to me, it's like that doesn't 
the world is in such a crazy, awful, like, America is in such an insane place that, like, one person being saved is, like, good. And I'm yes. very happy for her. But we we need, the conversation does not need to be about, like, thank you, Kim Kardashian. Like, let, And I don't think she's tried to make it. But let's right. try to shift that, even if you write for E! News, to, like, isn't it insane that that this is that Kim Kardashian had to do this herself to get one person right? Like, justice. Re- remember Basically. when like the overlap of like celebrity and, and like presidents was like, ooh, did you know that Marilyn Monroe like had an affair with JFK? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like that that seems fine. Yeah, I remember like politics and pop culture parties, and you'd be like, I'm Monica Lewinsky, and this is my handbag line. You'd laugh, and it would be right. like that was like meh. And now, like. I, I just well, I mean, it's it's like this Philadelphia Eagles thing, right? Like, Philadelphia hasn't won a Super Bowl in ages. They win a Super Bowl, huge deal. Philadelphia is a really interesting place, kind of like racially and politically, and ultimately, it's like where the Liberty Bell is. It's where, like, arguably the start of the American Revolution. All happened, history is there, right? As like, well it's as, sourced um, out of that. And for Patty's Pub, the president, for President Donald J. Trump, to be like, um. I'm too nervous that not enough of the Philadelphia Eagles team will come show up at the White House. So I'm going to cancel this thing um, and say it's because they disrespect America and our military and they kneeled or whatever. And literally there's been so many Eagles uh, players come out and be like, if you literally Google Philadelphia Eagles kneeling, the number of Philadelphia Eagles players that kneeled is zero. Right. Um, And uh, I can't remember who's the player's name is, but obviously there's been a lot of press following the Eagles now. Um, And one of the players in the locker room um, essentially wrote out like like the he did the um, what is that movie? He did the like put like pulling up like signs thing as like all the presses around them going like, like, what do you think? What do you think? And he's literally just holding up signs that were just like, um, you know, like incarceration for black youths is this amount of people like literally there are this amount of homeless people in philadelphia and it was such a powerful thing and the president basically made the problem of the nfl which is a problem and like made it worse right he's now empowered these eagles players who like for the most part has sat out of kind of the larger national conversation about, like, kneeling and patriotism. And now he's well, like... Well, don't you think he just kind of took it personally that they were black? And how do you oh, think man, people will respond to that? He hates any famous or wealthy or influential black person on top of how he hates regular black people. Well, but, he hates... Uh, he really does hate athletes, I think, to, like, a special degree. Because of his bone spurs and floppy body? Or whatever it is. <laughs> I think there's, there's this notion... Well, it is, like, viewing black people, like cattle yeah right like he views these athletes as like but how did he think that they were going to respond like if he had any sort of mind that wasn't like fried from amphetamines he would be able to say i'll just go forward with this quietly whatever happens i'll be respectful and then it will be over and And then he just said he didn't know the words to the anthem well yes instead (laughs) he's turned this into like the a fucking three ring circuit it's like he can't help but be a reality tv star in the worst sense of that it by which i mean they can't just take a boat ride like ramona singer's got to fall off the side of the boat and someone shits themselves and then something's on fire and there's a breakup and it's like 
just just sit on the boat. And right. he's unable to functionally do that. And it just, if you cannot look at him and say like, this is an insane, a truly insane, and I, I, I mean this not as a derogatory term for mental health, and actually medically something is wrong with the way right. that his mind is functioning. If you can't look at this, like, objectively, anyone would have looked at this and been like the easiest form of action from a PR standpoint is to just do the most boring thing and then it'll be over. Yeah. And instead, but like, look at what this becomes. And and so we're going to let him go to North Korea, which, by the way, he just said he doesn't need any preparation. He just needs the right attitude. And it's like, do you know that that's how the, every America's Funniest Home Video starts? That's right. how they all start. Do you want America to be kicked in the nuts? Because I personally am not ready to die. I have like 30 pounds left to lose before right. I'm ready to die. Yeah, there was like a really interesting um, article from like a Canadian newspaper, right? So like uh, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister... Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, apparently had a conversation with uh, Donald Trump and was like, what is what is the national security problems, issues that would be brought up that um, that would need these like harsh steel sanctions to be placed upon Canada? And apparently Donald Trump was like, didn't you guys burn down the White House? And like Trudeau was like, You're excuse me? of another country. You're thinking about... <laughs> Britain in the war of 1812 and like I guess Canada was technically a British colony then but like who told him that because it was definitely Stephen Miller <laughs> like oh for sure but I'm like but that doesn't change the core question that the prime minister asked yeah. is like what are the current and potential future national security ramifications that required these sanctions right like he doesn't have an answer. And it's the same thing. And so, like, whether it be. This is like when Amorosa said he kept a list of everyone who'd ever wronged him and he was sure. going to use the White House well, to get back to them. Yeah. It's like he's now doing he's that like going for into, America. He's like Googling, like, America's history finally. And he's like, oh, wait, they wait. burned down the White House once. When was that? 1812? Great. Every country in the world has once had an issue not yeah. doing everything America yeah. asks. So Fuck anyway, them. the Canadian newspaper is like an op-ed was basically like clearly the sanctions that the European Union are considering upon the US um, that Canada and Mexico as counter sanctions for these steel sanctions, well, sanctions um, is that these uh, countries should actually uh, place sanctions on specifically Trump properties and Trump businesses because that's the only way <laughs> yeah. that they would Ivanka well, yeah. Ivanka's brand right like that's how it. do you how do you actually affect the president and his decision making like skills or whatever is to actually target him because clearly he doesn't he isn't thinking about America's interest no right like these steel sanctions ultimately are not going to be that helpful for American steel because functionally like that's just I mean, how the industry works <laughs> right and like ultimately the raw materials necessary for these yeah. steel workers to work and make american and steel most canadian are being imported uh, from most other canadian places. steel companies are owned by americans so right. like let's just from like just from the break if you right. asked american steel companies well, do like you want us to tax your, yeah. tax your other businesses i mean there's been there's like a story every couple Insane. weeks uh, right of of the promises that Trump made on the campaign trail about keeping American jobs, right? Um, and then ultimately, every couple of weeks, we get another story that's like, actually, like Ford is going to keep outsourcing these jobs, and GM's going to keep outsourcing yeah. these jobs, and Frigidaire is going to keep out. Like, Apple's not building an iPhone plant here, right? So, like, so now 
the hopes of these middle class blue collar workers like just continue to dwindle. Yeah, like there's no actual help for these. And you know people. what's being offered to them? Uh, the jobs that they didn't want from in the first place, and that they right. won't take, which are the jobs that immigrants were taking and yes. making our food industry work. So like. Right, and then like we're also not going to change minimum wage. Yeah, we can't afford to pay even minimum wage for those jobs. Right. So it, it it's just such a fucking okay. We said we weren't going to talk about Trump, and we're know, still and Trump, doing it. Oh no. All right, so let's move on to another topic. Um, I got one dark topic, and then two. They're dark, but they're not as dark. Okay, my dark I love, topic I love, is that I love dark topics. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to pick any fitness plan in the world to be the most homophobic. What would your guess be? Wow. <laughs> hmm. Mm. It's probably not Pilates. It's no. probably not Jazzercise. Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Zumba. Um, CrossFit, the CEO of CrossFit, uh, said that uh, pride was a celebration of sin and goes Love against it. the Bible. Uh, Big fan. Uh, Richard Berger, uh, which we'll come back to the name Berger. Um, because Sex and the City had an anniversary, and I'm going to talk about that. But he, uh, yeah, and then he got fired. Um, which how how does this make me feel about CrossFit as a brand? Um, I didn't like it before. Oh man! So like mm, nothing like kidney failure to make you really lose a lot of weight. Yeah, nothing like um no safety at all. <laughs> Just lift this this box and then put this box down. So I found this revealing. Right. Um, I guess it's great that he got fired, but like, how did someone hold that position for so long and their bias against uh, the entire queer community didn't come up? Seems uh, like maybe that would come up. Capitalism is like a, an insane force. It's crazy that it's so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gabby Del Valle, one of our staff writers here at the Outline, wrote a piece that kind of outlines um kind of the general feeling about the lgbtq community from the crossfit angle and how there's been lawsuits from like transgender individuals against crossfit so it's like not a surprise particularly it's always just I an mean, extra like, oomph when it happens in pride month a crossfit like having seen this this in process I would be terrified because it attracts the kind of people that are just not – I'm sorry, but it attracts, like, a homophobic crowd who is full of – there's a lot of, like – I would assume from what I've seen that there's a lot of, like, shaming of either feminists or whatever. It's, sure. it's like, built very – on masculine stuff, which includes, like, I picked this up, this free-floating object, and put it down next station. Like, it's very – as opposed to, like, a curbs, which is, like, sure. do you need help? There's a machine. We're going to guide you. Um, And I think that does a disservice not just to queer people and women. I kind of think that does a disservice to straight men who might not want that to be the environment that their bodies are being evaluated from. And especially as a gay person who's thought a lot about, like, my body in comparison to other men's bodies and masculinity, um, I know that a lot of straight men aren't comfortable with having to perform that masculinity or even – having that expectation set on them. And sometimes they only come to realize it after attempting to perform it in a setting like that for a long time. Um, And I just think like a corporate culture from that, it doesn't come from nowhere. Like it comes from the top down. And so 
great, you fired him. That's great. Um, what else are you doing to make sure that nobody else who works at your company is fostering an environment like this? Because especially something that has to do with like bodies and like even just basic like safety, mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, like uh, exercise and stuff like that is very emotionally charged for people. If if you aren't instituting some kind of scenario where like people feel safe and protected, like it's really easy for a trainer to just not give a gay person their full attention because they don't want to come off like a fag. Right. No homo, no homo. And then that yeah. person gets hurt. I mean, it's just not unheard of. And if trans people have had such horrible experiences there, like at some point, is there like a reckoning you're going to come to, Dolores, or what? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I again, I also have never been particularly a fan of CrossFit. Like, it's not safe. It's not safe. Um, like the fundamental core principle, uh, or the core fitness principle of CrossFit, which is just high intensity training, exists in many other places and has existed pre. -CrossFit. You can put it on an elliptical machine. <laughs> yeah, and so like you know, if if you're interested in something like CrossFit, there are many other alternatives that do the same thing, which is help create the structures so that you can do high intensity. I've had great interval. experiences at a Barry's boot camp. Yeah, high intensity interval training is great and that's the core thing that makes CrossFit like a good, quote unquote good, like weight loss tool or um, like strength tool. There are plenty of other places that do it and like you don't have to be indoctrinated into this extreme culture yeah. that is like, is bad for your body ultimately, right? Equinox like, has free keels, and and people yeah, are giving like, out hand jobs in the, in the in the steam room like left <laughs> and right. So three hundred bucks a month, but like you make it back. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's, you can't afford to not take a deal like that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, never, I'm, I'm, never, I'm, I'm telling you, I've never stepped foot in Equinox because I cannot afford that. I went for six months, having convinced John that, like, if I shave there every day, that's a dollar a day in razors. Like, I had really done some mental gymnastics to get oh myself my in there, and then I had to like fake an injury to get them to let me out because I could not afford it anymore. Oh, but it was no. a dream. It was such a nice. I mean, they always look so great from the outside. Planet Fitness is fine though. It's ten dollars a month. I go to my one place. I do my exact workout. Yeah, and I went from being the poorest person in Equinox to like the upper class of Planet Fitness and that feels pretty good. I'm at a Blink fan. Blinks are Blinks are I, fine. It's, it's a baby it's a baby Equinox. Yeah it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's like You're fine. Do you know what I mean? Fine. And it doesn't need to be better than fine. No gym experience unless you're shitting money needs to be better no. than fine. And if you want something hands on like there's a Barry's. The last thing that I want is a personal trainer. So oh, I'm like totally I'm totally fine where I am at Blink. Uh, you know what, though? Sometimes I do dream about having, like, a stern German woman <laughs> tell me, like, you're supposed to have been here. And I'll be like, oh, my God. And, like, my very DNA will, like, respond to it. And I will be forced into shape. I mean, I, having been both a college athlete and a ballet dancer, like, I don't need any more of, like, a another, like, personal training type of, of persona Scenario. in my life. No. Like, my I'm mom's a personal trainer, so I have yeah. shit with that, too. Don't I am worry. perfectly happy with just the internal monologue that happens <laughs> when I go to I, I, uh, I basically only do the elliptical for an hour a day, but I've lost 30 pounds, bitch, and I just watch um, music videos from my teenage years on a loop, like, 
a solid hour of them because it's the only thing that just shuts out other thoughts. And I'm looking at these gorgeous bodies and I'm like, one day. But like, that's my only thought over and over again. And then yeah. when I leave, like all the self-hate and stuff will wash over me. But for that hour, I'm like, okay. Right. It's the o- it's my only life hack. So do that. Get YouTube read and download a bunch of YouTube videos. All right. Next topic. Uh, these are two slightly lighter topics. We'll go. We'll keep getting lighter, and we'll end on a good note, and then you can get into a really fun interview with Josh. Nomi Fry. Nomi Fry. Uh, Anna Delvey. I am fascinated with. Hey boy. She is a con artist who got um, the social set in New York to believe she was one of them, um, and scammed a lot of businesses, which she shouldn't have done. Uh, but essentially called New York's bluff with money being right. like if they if people think you have money they'll just keep giving you more money and access to a certain point uh she was very bad at m- most of the stuff you would think a con artist would have to be good at which is like forging documents and like <laughs> being right. in the right place at the right time like she just basically went to some parties and almost successfully purchased a museum and built right. an entire shopping complex just on like right. her like main pitch was like I want to do a Soho house but for art and people were like oh my god and like just with an accent and a flip of her hair right she's so she she uh presented herself as a German heiress right yes and even she's though like she's not like at all Russian or right Slovenian or some e- very Eastern European Right. And she pretended herself as a German heiress because she moved there when she was 16 and knew some German, even though it was rough. Um, and then she just holed up in New York's, some of New York's like nicest hotels. Right. Um, targeted newer ones because they wouldn't have policies in place um, to check that she had the finances to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Um, created an Instagram account and just basically Ingrid Goes Wested her way through New York's socialites. Meeting people, going to parties, getting connected to the next person, and in a matter of months, established herself as, like, a real presence in the New York social scene, which, by the way, isn't real. Uh, Can you guys, uh, for a second, take just a moment and maybe half of your fortune and turn to the actual social scene of New York, which is homeless people and uh, and people living in studio apartments desperately trying to get by. Uh, But no, uh, in New York, if you don't know, uh, there is an entire culture of people who just spend money to impress other people with money constantly. And she basically went in there, pretended she had a little bit of money, and almost got away with becoming an extremely wealthy, respected person just on, like, saying she was. Being a great grifter. A great grifter. Yeah, there's a there's a really interesting piece on theoutline.com this week uh, by Amanda Mull, which is... <laughs> uh, an incredible Delvey. thesis statement. Yeah, Anna Delvey, our, our German grifter, and Elizabeth Holmes, who was the CEO of Theranos, which was that crazy, like, blood-based startup. It was that scam that said it could take a drop drop of your blood and tell right. you all the health information you um, need to know. And so they're both grifters, and the core of Amanda's uh, thesis is that you can tell that they're grifters because of their hair. Because of their hair, which is 100% true. Um, and you should, like, all read the Read the piece. We're not going to do it justice here, but essentially it's hair is a long game. Yes. And it takes a lot of money and time and feedback and effort and upkeep. And if you can't do all of those things, you're not... You're not going to have beautiful, rich people hair. You're not going to have beautiful, rich people hair. It's as someone who colors their hair regularly and has tight, tight, tight curls naturally, I will tell you that 
it takes a lot of time and energy to right. do a man's hair to look like this. If you are someone whose hair needs to be cared for for like three years in order to be of the length that like a woman's hair generally is, yeah, like you, that's a maintenance of the time, the money. All of those like factors, just stability, yes, and having one hairdresser that you work with regularly, or you're unable to do it, right? And very I think hard for grifters to have all of those things. What Amanda's telling grifters is find a drag queen, get a great lace wigs, front. Wigs, <laughs> man. Every time you step out on the street, you all just celebrities pop that wear wig wigs. On. By the way, just so you know, extensions. Wigs. Every celebrity you Everything. see on the red carpet is almost everyone is wearing a wig of and, their um, own hair. I'm really excited for like the future dystopia when um you know like celebrities have have high value for whatever reason so you have to like whatever kidnap them use them whatever um and like the catalog is whatever them. <laughs> the, the catalog of them is just like them with their natural hair <laughs> right <laughs> like instead of mug shots do you know how much I would pay to see Juliana Margulies's natural hair again do you know how much money I would put on the table right like instead of like a mug shot book that you like go through just... it's their catalog of like this is who they really are. You're like, Holy and then like part shit. of the deal, like when you know when you like hire them or whatever, is like, which hair do you want? Which era of hair do you want? <laughs> do you want Julia Margulies and like Good Wife hair, or do you want this Dietland hair? I don't want the Dietland. It's hair. terrifying looking. Listen, <laughs> as someone who I anyone who wants red hair, I welcome you to join the Ginger Army. Uh, me and Lucille Ball are the same natural shade of red, <laughs> um, but. Maybe Juliana Margulies should have asked about undertones before she picked a wig, because Google it. Anyway, it's a good show. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> our final story, um, other than the fact that nobody's listening to EA and you shouldn't, it's bad, is that Sex and the City, it's its 20th anniversary. Ooh. The show that changed everything, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Did you watch Sex and the City? I didn't really watch Sex and the City, but like at the time or now at, at all. At the time, I've watched a couple episodes, but like I am not the target audience of Sex and the City. Whereas I am <laughs> correct. So like when, when Sex and the City was on, I was watching like Dark Angel. Yeah, and, like, uh, <laughs> I was watching. I was watching so Jessica good. Alba, and Michael Weatherly try to have chemistry, <laughs> um, and James Cameron say like TV could work, and then like yeah, bailing on TV immediately, realizing it couldn't. Um, but the cultural Him and Andrew Hay, yeah, the cultural <laughs> cornerstone that is sex, Sex in the City, has always been been part of my life. Um, to the point where, like, when I graduated college and it was like, do I go to L.A.? Do I go to New York? I, I mean, like, that's the thing. It, it brought a generation of women and young people to, to New, York. New York to live their dreams in a way that, like, I, I think kind of transformed the city. Yeah. And I would say that, like, the reason why I ended up going to L.A. first was, like, I don't think I could sex in the city. Like yeah. when I like you know, at twenty one coming out of college, I was like, "There's no way I can Sarah Jessica Parker." It's a this. lot of time and effort. Like I gotta go somewhere else first. <laughs> I gotta build up some clout before I come here. <laughs> and I I haven't really, and I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is the nice thing about girls for whatever you want to say about Lena Dunham, which could be a separate podcast. I won't say her name two more times, or she'll appear. Um, <laughs> is that it did change to a more realistic portrayal of what moving to New York is like right. because Sex and the City was a fairy tale and I don't think everyone grasped that for all the mentions of her maxed out credit cards like Carrie Bradshaw it, it just wouldn't have never it would just wouldn't exist it, it no columnist 
could no. ever have that life. Let alone, you don't meet that many men and sleep with that many men. It's just, I and mean, maybe you do, but right. most people do not come to New York and just have a date every day That's with so a new work. person. And like, it, it's even if that was your job, it's it's almost impossible. You can't. The amount of money they spent on restaurants and like fashion and like, right. you'd have to be Anna Delvey to try to keep that up. Right. Um, but it did change the way that we talk about sex. It changed right. the way that people thought about their relationships. Female friendships. Female friendships. Thought about self-analysis. Right. Um, Journaling. Yeah. And and for all the people saying, like, being it wasn't very woke, like, for the time, it really tried to engage with issues that people weren't even talking about. Totally. And, like, as a gay person, it was one of, like, three shows that talked about gay sex with, like, any level of specificity. And so... It was like much must see TV just from an educational perspective. Right. I also viewed it as like this, like it's it was my version of like Law and Order. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the rule is that like any actor of like any level of like fame had to either have done Law and Order or Sex in the City. Yeah. Right. Like, I also say that about Charmed. Every C-list actor has appeared on Charmed. Yes. Every single one. So like that that was always my reference point is like I would find an actor that I loved and I'll be like, do they do an episode of Sex in the City? And I would like Google it and I would watch, I would watch the YouTube like clip and be like, ooh, what kind of like weird date did they <laughs> did they like portray for Sarah? <laughs> The best is the Bradley Cooper episode, Single and Fabulous, question mark, is such an incredible episode. Please watch that. Wait, did you watch the uh, A Star is Born trailer? Yes. Listen, <laughs> I'm always here to support Gogs. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm the, not, it's too early. First trailers are always kind of iffy. Yeah. The the shot of Bradley Cooper um, <laughs> in, his, yeah, in, in his car. Performing like street drag. Right. But like he's in his car, right? And he's like, hey. And like Gaga turns around, right? And he like po pokes his head through the window. And he just like, I don't know what they did looks to Looks like face. death warm over. But like he looks, like I'm, fr I'm from the South. And uh, he looks literally like I had uh, a neighbor who uh, also like owned a farm like a couple miles away from like our neighborhood, um, and like when he forgot to put sunscreen on. Yeah, yeah, like a handbag with a little oil on it. Like I was like, was that on purpose? It's or did you like accidentally just stay out in the sun too long? It's tough. He looks rough. Like, and I will say they tried to underdo her. Yes, but like her injectables and basic plastic surgery, like will never allow for her to look anything but perfectly I symmetrical mean, and right. alien. Well, it's the same. I think like the closest analogy to me is is not the Barbra Streisand. No, story. it's Cher. It's Cher, but also Judy Garland because Judy oh, Garland yeah, yeah, was yeah. like crazy beautiful uh, for a Star Is Born. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, but it's like she, Gaga is like Cher. Julie uh, Julie Klausner, who I, I do a podcast called How Was Your Week with. Josh isn't here to stop me from plugging in. Please, please listen to it. Um, <laughs> always says that if. If you could be anyone, you should be sharing the '70s and just photograph everything. Yeah. <laughs> because, but Gaga's like that. Like she's both a construction, both genetically and through plastic surgery, right. of perfect symmetricalness and like alien-looking beauty. Yes. And like, you could throw. I mean, she tried. She dressed up as a lobster, and she looked like like right. like that. And like, it's not even beauty. Like from that like sort of um, like Gigi Hadid school of beauty. It's right. the like, she looks like a specific person you would never confuse her for someone else but it's just like a level of like you're just 
stunning. So they like put her in shorts and like funky hair, and they're right. like, she's like, I'm not pretty. And you're like, what? Because your eyebrows aren't plucked here? Like, come oh, on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going to see this movie, but I'm already like, it's giving me like whiffs of burlesque, I'll say. Ew. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, like an Oscar Beatty burlesque. Sure, but the first shot of Gaga is her performing on a stage in what looks like burlesque, right? Like she has like those really insane, like (laughs) tiny painted eyebrows on. Like burlesque by way of I know who killed me. Yes. And so, like, I don't know. I am interested in Bradley Cooper as a director because, like, if you actually hear him in conversation, he's quite intelligent. Yes. I think it's just a really bold ass move to have your first directorial be a star is born born. with Lady Gaga and yourself in Clint Eastwood style singing. It's so weird. All of the songs are recorded live. Yeah, that's so weird. So like I not having really heard Bradley Cooper sing, that was the most amount of singing Bradley Cooper I've ever heard. And I was like, it's not bad. No, but most actors can carry it too. Right. But I'm also like, was that the best choice? The, I will say the casting Gaga was smart though because if anyone can sure. sing alive on a studio set with all that shit going on, it's someone it's who her. sings upside down with like glitter boobs or whatever is happening. So like it's like her or Pink. Who's the two right. people who can sing in any setting? Even Ariana Grande would need like to be in the right angle with breath support and like the winds blowing the right oh, way. Oh gosh! Like Gaga can her sing BDMAs underwater. Reports, yeah, yeah. But anyway. All of this to say, that's the news. That's the news. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like, The, what the else? cat's away, the yeah. mice will play. Uh, WDC was an absolute nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, my, my God. Um, and if you want to Release hear... a fucking better MacBook. I need a MacBook without a wanna, butterfly If you want to hear some smart tech that's not coming from Ryan or me, uh, The Dispatch did an episode with our feature section editor, Casey Johnston, and writer Paris Martineau, where they break down... WWDC. So that's your tech it's injection. Mess. I'll say this. It's a big mess. And uh, oh, by the way, I had to wipe all of my Apple products, all Oof. of them, and start as set up as new. Yeah. No restore because of one iMessage bug that fucked everything up. So for like two days, I was missing appointments. I was not answering email because I just wasn't signed into everything correctly. And like, I, all, all of which to say, like, get it the fuck together. Release a, a keyboard that is functional. Like, get your software to the point that, like, it works. Ryan, I'm going to tell you a secret. I've never had an iPhone. And it was only working at the outline that I got my first Apple laptop. Because I refuse. I refuse. You came in at the worst time. I know. Apple, well, that's the thing. I Apple refuse. shit was like appliance level. I had never had any issues. Rock solid. Ever since I've been a baby nerd, I refuse. Something happened in 2011. To buy Apple products. Oh, Steve Jobs died. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the older I get, the more I, I don't think that I kept thinking like you're getting older and smarter. Now you know that like. One company owning everything was silly, no. and like, and like, you know, you can get better Bluetooth headphones if they're not Beats, and like, all sure. of that is true. But I also think the products are just getting worse and no. like less reliable. I, as somebody who became the core troubleshooter for my family's Apple products, but never bought my own, I like. Are I was you? Like, are no. you? Do you, is there anything you like about owning iPhone or MacBook? Well, I've never owned an iPhone before. Uh, the oh, MacBook, you don't have an iPhone. That's right. Yeah, I have a Google Pixel too. The small size, because I have tiny hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and 
yeah I, and all of my like interaction with apple products is either because of school or because like my family owns it and now now i i have as my work laptop a macbook air um and it's fine it's fine the thing is it's like nice that i don't have to like do a lot of extra work to be compatible with like other people which is what like i have a surface 3 is my primary like normal laptop um and like working with creatives in new york they all have like macbooks and it's just like i i that, have to i have to do about like stuck, two and a yeah. half extra steps to make sure that they can like read the things that i send them um but I feel like I, I've thought about going to a Windows PC just because it would be cheaper and more compatible with a couple of things that, like, I totally. just graphics cards and stuff. But w I, I feel like I'm going to have to get two computers because right. Windows has changed revolutionarily sure. so many times since I had used it as a daily driver. Yeah. And, yes, ultimately you can pull up every legacy thing if Microsoft has ever done every yeah. time. But that doesn't help me. Like, it just makes things more complicated and confusing. Right. And... Windows isn't very cohesively built. It's not like Android sure. where you're like, well, the alternative is great. It's right. like the alternative is fine. The alternative works. I mean, I would say that with the new Windows OS, they the search is so robust that even if you haven't been on a Windows computer in a while and you haven't needed to like figure out file tree structures, you can just search. And you're gonna get most of what you need. Yeah, I mean that's what I do a lot of on iOS. It's like yeah. I'm not hunting for icons because this it's interface is much. fucking horrible. Having away. to put okay, this is the last comment I'm making. Then we gotta wrap up. Yeah. Having to put hundreds of apps because I use a lot of apps for right. productivity um, into those little stupid fucking iOS folders yeah. took me like an hour and a half for each device. I, I want to fucking kill them. I'm so frustrated. Oh, I so based like my normal process with computers is I I am like really really organized with my files and my file like my file trees um it is so hard to do that on my macbook um to the point where like I am scheduling like an hour in the next like two weeks where I'm just gonna organize files oh don't MacBook. put any on the desktop because then it syncs to iCloud and you'll have to buy iCloud storage and when you move it and then it isn't synced and then sometimes it backs up to the like backup drive and other times it won't no. because it's not iCloud synced this sounds like the worst I am ready to kill everyone um Use Google Docs. That's the only product in my life that consistently works. Have a great day, everybody. Here's Josh and Nomi Fry. Um, they have a wonderful conversation that I wish I'd been there for. Bye. Bye. What happens if you play Monopoly with real money? You've got to pay the piper. Okay, let's At the end of the day, there are no free lunches in this completely reinvented game of Monopoly. What does space sound like? What happens when you overwork yourself? Do you believe that work-related stress has increased? It reflects the fact of how little value we place on the well-being of human beings. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, power culture, culture, or the, the future. future. Handpicked from theoutline.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, your Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, or wherever you download your podcasts.
Also, you can say, okay, Google, play me the news, and we're right there. Oh my God, yeah! Make your mornings a little weirder. My guest today is Nomi Fry. She's a staff writer for The New Yorker. You may have heard of it, a small publication that's starting to make a lot of waves. <laughs> uh, and she writes about culture, politics. Mostly uh, popular culture, Weird I would say. celebrity stuff. Yeah. Anyhow, so, thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's Thanks. my pleasure, and uh, we've been spending a long time booking this, so I'm excited that we finally Yes, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're finally doing it. Um, yeah, so yeah, your, your range is fairly sweeping, but pop culture is... Yeah, an American pop culture, mostly, yeah. You want to write about say... French pop culture, for instance? No, I know nothing, unfortunately, about French pop culture, although I would like to. It's very sophisticated, and uh, you wouldn't understand it. Yeah, from, from right. What I, from what I gather. Yeah. Um, and so, so before you were at The New Yorker, you've been there for, you just got there three months ago, four, yeah. four months ago? Yeah, just, uh, just three months. And you were at the... I feel like three months in a week, maybe. Really? Congratulations. Thank you. I'm at the point where it's still like, you know, counting weeks because it's so so recent. Just think someday you'll be like, I'm so sick of the New Yorker. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> but, that's, but that's like all jo- all the progression of all jobs. You're like, of you're course. so excited. Yeah. And then you're like, ugh, the I New know. Yorker again? I know. It's you know? like that Remnick's again. like. No, I'm just, I, I uh, my, um, I guess sort of my shtick is that I, well, you know, it's a very classic thing and I'm, it's, it's not just my shtick. It's many, many people's shtick that Shticks. like, um, you know, as soon as you start doing something, you're like, you know, oh. What's the big deal? Not that right. I don't think the New Yorker is a big deal, wow. but it's not a big deal for me. Like, Remnick's an that, avid listener to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, <here>. I just. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. It's a very big deal, David. Yeah. No, it really is. But um, but it's now that I'm doing it, it seems like anyone can do it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's like, not, I'm just like. You know, that's not true. And, but, and no, but don't be- knock yourself. before I was just like, oh my God, the New Yorker, you know, it's like the right. most, for me, it was like such a, like a, such a dream. Yeah. And I'm still like, I, I feel very, you know, excited and honored to be there, but also because I'm doing it and I, you know, I probably both like think very highly of myself and not highly at all of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, so I like, know that feeling. <laughs> it's, that weird, it's, uh, it's that weird combination. Like I, I like I'm a like genius, but I hate myself. You know? Is that okay? I feel like that's so, like kind of a Jewish thing. Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe. <laughs> you're Jewish, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, I'm. Jewish. I don't want to dox you here. I don't know if you're trying to keep it a secret, <laughs> but based on your Instagram, I feel like you're not. Um, and I don't know, your Instagram isn't especially Jewish, but um, I feel like hating yourself and loving yourself is like like I have the same and I've always like, attributed that to my parents but now I've come to understand that it might be more of a cultural thing. Yeah. I mean it's definitely my parents as well, not uh not in a bad way. It's just I think the way they think of themselves and right. probably the way I've you know, I've modeled myself after. Yeah. Um but yeah, so so all of which is to say that now that I'm doing it, I'm both like still like incredibly impressed as well as completely like what's wrong with you that you took me to write for you you know that's a sure. <laughs> that's no i get it i get it. it's 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 yeah. uh it's a i mean that, i guess that's like kind of an imposter syndrome thing which yeah for sure i think everybody has imposter syndrome yeah. now though it's like it's you can't even you, you're not it's like sure i guess it's imposter syndrome but yeah uh, it's a very common problem for the talented, uh, for the talented people. Um, but before that, you were at the New York Times. You were at T Magazine. Yes, I was T Magazine, and I was copy chief there for like f- about four years, maybe slightly shy of four years. So you were um, responsible for fixing 
grammar and style. Yeah, right. You were like the person who made people seem like they knew how to use the English language. Yeah. Although, of course, there were editors there who, you oh, know. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> we know where the hard work is really happening. <laughs> right, where <laughs> the magic you, they, happens. They garbled mess, and you've got to make sense of it. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's what I did. And, and then also I was always writing sort of on the side. Yeah. Well, you did a lot of writing. I feel like you wrote for The New Yorker before you became a yeah. staff writer. You did a few things. I did. I, I want, did a few things. I want to say, and I'm going to talk about some of those things. Did you, you did a Spencer Pratt thing. Was that for T or was that for? No, that was for The New Yorker. That was for The New Yorker. Yeah. So you hung out with Spencer Pratt. I did hang out with Spencer Pratt. Yeah. I have, Spencer Pratt was like, uh, many, many years ago, I was like, I like emailed him or DM'd him or something. Really? And I was like, hey, do you want to do my podcast? And he was like, I'd love to. And then, like, I was like, let's book this up. And he's like, oh, I'm not doing podcasts anymore. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm uh, so close to doing a podcast with Spencer. Maybe Pratt. he'll do it now. But this was before the Spencer Heidi. This was like. Renaissance. Yes. This was like when they were still. Right. It wasn't that long after the Hills had ended. Right. And there was still a lot of bad blood. Yeah. You know, but then everybody realized that actually they were the best and everybody else in the hills was terrible. Right. And yes. so they've had their resurgence. I, I follow him on Instagram. You, how long did you hang out with him for? I hung out with him for a day, basically. And, and we went, like I was at their house. So this was, now they live back in LA. Um, but at the time when I did it, which was just about like slightly over a year ago, I think they were living in Santa Barbara yeah. um, at a, his parents' beach house, oh, okay. and they lived there for a few years, sort of like recuperating and you know, sort of like saving money, I guess, and right. you know, being away from LA. And so we went to. Um, I spent some time with him at the house, which was like right on the beach. Very, very nice, like a very nice lifestyle. Sure. They have like several dogs small dogs mm -hmm. and then and Heidi was still pregnant then they didn't have the baby now they have baby Gunner mm -hmm. but and then we Spencer took me to this like very posh what's it called oh my god I can't believe I it's like this like like Oprah goes there it's in Montecito it's like this really nice it's like a resort, but also they have a restaurant. Oh, okay. And it has, like, gorgeous gardens. I'm, like, totally blanking on this. Yeah, but um, you and you and Spencer spent the day. Well, we spent, yeah, we had, like, lunch there, and mm -hmm. sort of we walked around the grounds, and he has this, like, big obsession with um, uh, with uh, uh, hum, uh, hummingbirds. Yes. I. So the grounds have a lot of hummingbirds Okay, there. yeah. Yeah, so. I've, I've watched a lot of his um, his hummingbird videos. I mean, he, he puts... I mean, maybe he doesn't do it anymore. I've stopped. I kind of stopped watching Instagram stories because I don't have enough time in the it's day. It's kind of a lot. I he find. does a lot of content, and he does a lot of content. Like, like I've looked at his stories, and they're like, you know, the little uh, marks that show how many and stories tiny. are, and it's like they're dots. They're yeah. like periods, uh, just a row of periods at the top of. He really I'm like, does a lot. I like. I don't have time. You have like sixty-five stories. Yes, it's um, a lot. and I think they go away after like twenty-four or forty-eight yes, hours. So it's not like they were like they just do. hanging out. There now for a long I time. think they can. Yeah, now you can save them, right? To uh, your I don't profile. Know. Yes, you can have your your most yeah. famous stories. But, right. Uh, I've highlights. done like three stories. Like I just don't have Some people don't do that. I do I used to do more. I feel like I do less now yeah. because I find that it's it uh it sort of uh puts uh, like it's it's sort of a little bit burdensome maybe. Yeah, for I, people to be like I don't know. It's, but you got to like produce your own little show and it's just a lot of 
It's like. a lot of it's kind of a lot of work. Yeah, who's time for that? But so so I follow you on Instagram. I follow. I mean, I obviously follow a lot of people on Instagram. Spencer is one of the people I follow, and I thought yeah. I was, I, I'm interested. I'm not going to just live vicariously through you, but I am. I have been forever interested in 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 Spencer. I mean, I always you always like the villains. All the villains on yes. reality shows are the best, like Puck, yeah. who I think is like Puck. the original Puck. And and maybe there was one on the original Real World. Like this is going way back for for you the, mean New York? Yeah. The oh, let's talk about Real it. World One. Oh, I'm ready. Um. I mean, people don't remember how fucking raw the first Real World was. Remember like, when Becky slept with a producer and they had to have oh my her God. off the show? Yes, she had an affair with but one also, of the like cameraman or like one of the producers. But also, there was that whole weird like racist drama that where they like kicked Kevin out of the house because because he like, wasn't. Did they kick him? I think he got kicked out. Like, and no, I think they were okay. So what happened? Is the that, Southern girl was like she got yelled at by him or something and felt unsafe. No, that was. I think you're mixing up. Right, I, is Kevin on a different? Uh... No, no. Kevin was. Kevin was on the first season, but I think they were unsatisfied with him because he didn't spend enough time in the apartment. And oh, is that it, what happened? Yeah, I thought there was some confrontation with him. Like... I think that was in the second season in LA, where there was David, who was also black, and he was like a stand-up comic, maybe or something, and he <sighs> dragged Tammy, who was then. Oh years God, later you're on right. Basketball yes, lives. yes. That was the second season. That, that was San was Francisco with Puck, right? San Francisco was three. Three. Yeah. Fuck. What was two? Los Angeles. Oh right. The forgotten season. Oh my God. Yeah. It is like my brain just <laughs> paved over it. I know because it was really depressing and kind of no fun. Is it the one with the cow- the guy who was like the cowboy who wanted to be like yes, an actor John. or whatever? He wanted he, to be a country singer. He was going to be in a movie called Slow Burn. <laughs> I remember the name of the movie because he like went for like a uh, he went for an audition and oh my God. and didn't get it. And then there was Slow Burn's a good name for a movie. I don't, um, th- I don't know if it ever became a thing, but um, holy shit, I'm like yeah. having crazy flashbacks now. It was to LA. it was amazing. I mean, I feel like I. Like, New York was amazing and, like, very, you know, seminal, obviously, and important. And then uh, San Francisco was amazing. I remember I watched San Francisco so many times. And my sister were, like, That was groundbreaking television. Yeah. I mean, they threw everything out at you at San Francisco. I mean, you had, I mean, there was Pedro who had AIDS, which was a huge storyline. Right. Not on the show, but No, but shortly after. Like, not that long. He got married to Sean, who recently died, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is very dark. Yes. And, like, Puck was this crazy antagonist, but also, like, unbelievably entertaining. Like, very much a... I mean, Spencer Gaz is lighter. Spencer is Puck. I mean, that is there's yes. an archetype. Although I would say the difference is one of the differences. The yes, the, there is an archetype, blonde and guys. it's true that he they were both antagonists. Yeah, they're yeah. both blonde. Um, but it's also I think that Puck lived and died um, on negging girls. I don't remember. And he had, remember, there was Rachel, who was the Republican. She was like. Oh, my God. She yeah. was Hispanic. She was Republican from a very sort of conservative, like, wealthy family. And <laughs> Have you watched was, this recently? No, but I watch it. I just remember it really Like, well. you're making me want to watch it, but I also feel like this is incredibly <laughs> depressing. Like, hearing, remembering what the people, who the people were and what they yeah. did is, like, Now she has, di- she's married to, like, a Republican congressman, I think. They live in, like, maybe Arizona, and they have five kids. Wow. Because she was, like, deep, she was Catholic, she was a virgin, mm-hmm. and she, but she fell in love with the Rob bike messenger, who, like, all oh, they, they could do was. Did would, they hook up? I don't think they hooked up, but I think he was, like, you know, nagging her for all. Yeah. He was worth it's a good, strong move. I mean, really it, strong it, move. And when it comes kept, to courtship, he called her Chubbs, and yeah. then she would go like, "I'm not fat." Yeah, 
That's a slam dunk. Uh, just a slam that's dunk. A, that, is a, that is a schoolyard move that I mean, it apparently works is so every effective. Time. You just breaks, every time. break someone down, and then you can get, you know, you can make a move. I uh, know. No, I mean, I mean, but it's interesting to think about. First off, you're, I mean, you, the memories that you're bringing up now. I you're mean, going into a fugue state. I am. It's like I'm really fucked up over thinking. First off, <laughs> thinking about L.A., and then I, now I'm remembering London, which is was also— With the pig's heart. A total shit show. The German DJ? Remember the—what's his name? There was also a villain, a blonde villain on, on the, the punk guy. The punk guy. Who, like, cut his lip open, or he had some yes. insane lip injury. I think it was his tongue. A tongue, yes. Yes. He was, like, rocking too hard, <laughs> like, bit he his tongue. bit his own tongue. Yeah, because that's for... the kind of—he's a performance artist. Yeah, um— yeah, there was that was a weird season because it was like there was it was him, then there was like the German DJ from Berlin, I believe Lars or yes, Lars. Lar or something. Lars. And then there was like the girl who was the singer. There was uh she was American, maybe? Yeah, there was an American who Oh, and the model. Jacinda. Jacinda, who's an who, actress. Who now. later was on Bridget Jones. Yeah. Uh, number two, I think. I think she's like on a show. Now she's on the show? No, she a had show. a career. She went on she, to have yeah, a career. she's like an actor. Yeah. Turns out if you're on MTV reality shows, all sorts of doors open for you. If Apparently. you're a beautiful, if you're a tall, beautiful model that was also on an MTV reality show. You know what sky's the was limit. really important for me? Miami? Um, no, Las Vegas. Uh, okay, I don't, I think I, I. 2002, I think. I think I was out at that point. I really? Had, yeah. Wh that one the, is so good. When did the hills start? That was my reintroduction to any MTV reality. Um, well, Laguna Beach started in 2002. I only watched a little bit of Laguna Beach. I, I didn't really fuck with it. 2003. I, and I then, am, so that went on for like, you know, two or three years, I right. guess. And, and then the hills started. So it was like 2005, four, Yeah, something six, like that. 2006. Anyhow, that was my, so, so, yeah, I mean, the Hills was, I was just talking about this with Brandy Jensen, who is uh, our social media editor and also loves the Hills. And she actually wrote about this for the cut about the end of the Hills. Oh, I read that. That was good. Yeah. yeah which mm -hmm. is, which is, um, I also think about a lot, but, but, but I think it's interesting. Like Spencer is like this, this villain, but now he's become like kind of a hero. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I think one of the things that happened with Spencer is that he became like kind of a pop culture critic in, in his own, like he started mm -hmm. Be, like commenting on like drama that was happening on TMZ, yeah, yeah. and people really liked that. Yeah, they liked, he was like, really smart about it. Yeah, an insider's perspective. Yeah, you don't never hear Brad Pitt talk about other celebrities. No, that which would be, is too bad. It would be amazing. It would be amazing because yeah. the the thing is, and I've said this before. I mean, people, I, I don't know if like probably I just say it so much because I feel it so deeply that I was just love to know everything. You what know, you not for, not to use it in a bad way. You just you know? want to know. I just want to know. Like, what would you want to know about a celebrity? Just like everything, like their like their drug use, their oh, like the bad eating. stuff. Yeah, I mean, sure, because the good. I'm stuff not judging often, them, but like you want to yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I want to know, know who they're fucking. And, and you want to know what yes, drugs they're doing. How wanna, they feel about really feel about themselves. Politic, like, their political views. Their political views, like yeah. what they like, what they don't like, their insecurities. You know, everything. I have a question on that. Sort of on that. I think you're, you're actually fairly well uh, suited to answer it. Do you think Tom Cruise has ever seen a cell phone bill? A naked woman. No. Do you think <laughs> Wow, my, my question is way <laughs> less. Uh, Laura and I, my wife Laura June, the writer, have an ongoing argument. I am like Tom Cruise has never seen a cell phone bill. Right. Would he's never seen it? Doesn't know what they look like. Wouldn't know what to do with it if he had one. Do you think that's true or false? That's probably true. Imagine him opening yeah. his mail. Like imagine yeah. Tom Cruise going to a yeah. mailbox. Because I mean, especially like opening his mail, you know, is something probably that he does have some history with since you know mail has always been yeah. 
happening, you know. When he was younger, was, yeah. Right. When he was a teenager was, in New Jersey. Up, sure. Or like in his early 20s or whatever before he became like really, really big. Right. Um, then, you know, he did that probably. But a cell phone bill, because that, By the time know, cell phones were a thing. By the time cell phones were a thing in the yeah. 90s, you know, or if, I mean probably maybe the 80s for like, you know. But you have to like imagine someone handed them a thing and they're like, talk on this. And he's not like involved in the, but I, I yeah. think he's, I, like, I, I wonder about what I think about a lot. And since you know a lot of celebrities, like I, jo- know, I know that <laughs> I know, you're I know very good friends with celebrities, like John yeah. Mayer, um, uh, which we're going to talk, who we're going to talk about in a second. But, but, but I, I often wonder. I mean, you know, to your point, I mean, the drugs and the sex stuff is obviously more interesting. Yeah. But I'm also curious to know, like, like I often think when I see a celebrity couple, oh, yes. I, and Laura and I talk about this too. Like, what is the dinner conversation? Right. Like, what are they just? What do they talk about? Yes. I mean, re- massive celebrities. I mean, I know I know, relatively, fa- you know, I'm not bragging. I know famous people, like, sure. who are not, like, Tom Cruise level. Sure. You know, Spencer but, Pratt is not, like, a huge celebrity. I mean, he's very well known. Yes, but of course, but he's a regular person. But he, he can walk down the street the and store, not be totally you know, accosted. He still goes to whatever he does. Does he ever get, like, I wonder if he gets spit on by people. There's got to be some, I like, people who now. really hate spit. Yeah, I guess I we, we've aged now. out of that. I think maybe in the past, possibly, but, but now people, like... Oh, so another thing is, so I spent that day with him, but then the last time I was in L.A., this was, like, in November, I met him and Heidi for coffee, and I brought my friend Brett, and they brought the baby, and uh, we just hung out with them in Santa Monica. No, no, for no reason. For no reason, for just, like, to say hi, and Brett is, like, a huge fan, is, like, big into reality TV, so I was, like— Were you just, like, I'm going to bring you— yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm going to bring you. And he was like, this is like, this is like the greatest thing that's sounds, ever happened to me. Sounds amazing. Are they, I mean, is, is Spencer cool? Yeah, he's cool. He's funny. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's, he's very, he's as you would imagine him. Right. Exactly. I imagine him to be a lot like how he is. Yeah, he's exactly like I mean, that. I think what is, what is charming about the villains yeah. is that they are probably, they present more real than a lot of the people on reality shows. Like yeah. Lauren from The Hills is the phoniest of phonies. She's like so phony. there's nothing sincere or real about her at all. No. And yet like I think that Spencer and Puck and a lot of other yeah. these other like hor- mostly horrible men um are like seem legitimately bad but that they also seem legit like legitimate. And I think yeah. that's, you know, yeah. refreshing. No, he's exactly he's exactly like it. And he's very entertaining. His use of language is very entertaining. You know, he's just like irrepressible. Like he would see you and be like, play ya. You know, yeah. like he'd be The crystal shit just, is real? I think so. Yeah. Yes. I mean it's also a racket, right? It's and a he, racket, yeah. but it's also like, real. I think he does believe in it. He always wears a crystal and this is like way before I think he started like selling it, you right. know. But then it's I like think a, it's like his thing. It's a short walk from yeah. being into snake oil to selling snake oil. Right, exactly. Yeah, the crystal stuff's interesting to me. I mean, I understand, you know, wellness and self care and all that. But you know, I, I yeah. like I mean it, it might be a, a a bit of a bridge too far for yeah. for me. Maybe. Yeah. All right, so but your focus, you're on you're interested in pop culture. Yeah. Tell Tell me about where this – obviously, we're all – I mean, I think everybody is uh, – I mean, not, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are very curious about the rich and famous. Yes. Oh, yeah. But for you, you've taken your curiosity about the rich and famous. <laughs> you've made it a career out of it. You, you are – 
you have insinuated yourself into the world of the rich and famous. Like, I mean, the, I mean, I don't the, maybe, know about like, that, maybe not rich and maybe not famous. Maybe yeah. like, I don't know how you describe Spencer's like, yeah, like has some money and well, I'm a interested bit of in it. I think I, you know, I don't have connections to a lot of these people, but I definitely like write about them and think about them, right? For sure. You've read, done some. You've written about politics recently. Though. I mean, you've done some. I mean, because now, I mean, it it, it wouldn't be my natural, although. You know, I'm from Israel, and I used to, one of my first jobs was in the early, yeah, early 2000s. I worked at in the foreign affairs desk in Haaretz, the, you know, the Israeli newspaper. And so, you know, I, I have some background in, like, being, like, I wasn't a reporter. I was, like, you know, an editor and translator. But, like, I, right. I you know, it's not like I'm totally, have all, like, totally removed from, like, politics or that sort of coverage right. or writing but i think it's not my definitely not my natural fit but now that america is run by right. who it's run by a reality show a reality show star star yeah. then suddenly i found myself like writing about you know the trump administration and like you know like i don't know i wrote like about marco rubio skyping with jake paul after Parkland, you know, right. like, uh, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, you know, stuff uh, like a, that. It just it becomes so is, crazy. It truly is. Uh, the thing you just said, Marco Rubio Skyping with Jake Paul. Jake Paul? Jake Paul. Not Logan. Um, not Logan, not no. the, He's the one with the uh, with suicide the forest. forest, right? The yeah. forest. They're both so great. Um, yeah. Also are, blonde, by the way. Right. Blonde villain. Very blonde. Oh, yeah. yeah. The most, well, all, I mean, yeah. Trump, blonde, blonde mm. villain. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's a fairly classic Hair also, color in like, for a villain. also in like uh you know John Hughes movies like uh um yeah. like the jocks uh, in pretty in pretty yeah in pretty in pink like uh the James Spader oh right character dirty blonde uh dirty blonde it's true yeah but definitely like in the sp on the spectrum not not dark haired yeah and like um oh yeah I'm trying to I mean, think warlock blonde yeah Julian Sands Julian Sands in the famous role of uh the warlock from the film Warlock. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's right. But... You don't realize it. Uh, the the bad guys in Harry Potter, all blonde, mm -hmm. right? The, what are they called? Like the... I'm not a big Harry Potter No, person. neither am I. That's why I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, no, I, thought I, you, I don't you're know. You're supposed to be a pop culture expert. But, I know, I don't. Uh, wait, I, I've Wynton seen knows. Wynton, what are they? Like the Malfoys? Yeah, the Malfoys. They're bad, oh. right? They're bad? Are there, are there Hufflepuffs or something? They're bad, <laughs> but then like Draco. Oh, Draco's good? You know. Okay. Like I hate being evil. You know what? I'll tell you what, I hear a lot of people, they're like, I'm uh, Hal Slytherin, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I know, this just is the shut word. up. This is the word. I'm sorry, I don't want to be a jerk, but it's horrible to describe yourself like that. No, um, I just, I've, I've never had any interest in fantasy. But blonde villains throughout the ages, uh, yeah. they're definitely there. Wait a second, what were we talking about? We, we were, were talking about Jake and Logan Paul. Oh, and yeah, but, but, you, but you wrote about the P-tape recently. I wrote about the sort P-tape. Of. Yeah, sort uh, of what we imagine the P-tape to be. I wrote about Kim. Last yeah. week I wrote about Kim Kardashian in and, the White House. And Trump. But this, but this is it. I mean, what you're, I mean, like you look at what's happening with like Kanye or with Kim yeah. meeting with Trump. I mean, we are in, um, I'd say, late stage fall of the empire sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and it is like it is, you know. Increasingly, like you've seen the film *Idiocracy*, I, I, yeah. right? I, it's like, I hate citing it because it seems like such a dumb thing to cite now. But in the film *Idiocracy*, which, if you're listening, and you haven't seen it, you should see it. Mm -hmm. The president is a pro wrestler, yeah, and nobody no, remembers how to farm. Yeah, they're trying to grow uh, vegetables with Gatorade, yeah, instead of water. 
<laughs> just as a little taste. Yeah. I mean, but we're sort of not that far off. No, we're not. I mean, it's it's really, it's kind of crazy. And I keep saying, you know, I was just talking to my husband about it. And he, but we were saying how um, if it wasn't so horrible and so horrifying, there's just like, this has been, it's like this administration is like, there's so many laughs. It's like so incredible. Like <laughs> yeah, the characters sure. are so incredible. Sure. The level of discourse is so entertaining. Just the stunts pulled, the the idiocy, the the yeah. the bumbling, it's the, the bad it's like lies. Veep. I mean, it's just like it's unbelievable. It's, it's comedy. It's comedy. It's pure comedy, and it's like you know, obviously not. I mean, it's obviously terrible, and I'd much right. rather it it's not, not funny be, at all. It's not funny, and I'd much rather it not be happening. But <laughs> I I wish somehow like the the sort of the comedy of it could be retained without it actually happening or something yeah i, I mean yeah. I, I that would be uh a dream i mean everything up to trump winning could have been taken as you could have looked back and been like what uh yeah. what a sort of uh what a comedy the republican party has become yeah but now it's like the they've pushed somehow leapt over the barrier between what seemed possible, what seemed impossible and what was possible. And now we're in like they've shifted the comedy into like a place where it has impact. Yeah. Like the comedy before was like, oh, look at these bumbling idiots trying to become no, president. This, these are actual people who have and it has, of course, an effect on immigration and has an effect on, you know, on people's yeah. lives. It's it's very terrible. Yeah. And uh, I. We've been watching uh, The Fourth Estate, the documentary about oh, yeah. the times. How is it? It's good. Yeah. I like it. It's interesting. And it, it's, it covers a time when I, up until up, at least up to now, I'm not sure we're in the, like, in the third episode or something, and um, covers a time when I was at the Times, but obviously not in the newsroom. Like I was at T, right. so it's obviously different. But it's sort of interesting to see because, you know, I, I was there in a certain sense. But it's also crazy because it covers a time not that long ago you know like eight months ago <laughs> ten months ago you know right and yet it seems like ancient history and all the things that have happened that are so terrible yeah are just like you know like grist for the mill like it's it's it kind of like has oh you know it's it happened and it's uh, this is just uh, things are happening so fast that you just have forgotten yeah no, I mean, like, like, you know, it was like Charlottesville, right? So the last episode we watched it right. was Char Charlottesville. The yeah. episode was called American Carnage. And it was about, you know, so it showed like the 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 neo-Nazi protest where like the the car was driving into the, pro you know, the mm -hmm. um, and Trump saying there are there are bad people, good people, very good people on that side. And, yeah. you know, there was a, I condemn the violence on both sides, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All the things that yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. And I had forgotten almost sure you know yeah because who can keep up I, and I was just like i was crying you know i was watching it and i was like oh my god no, i remember this is terrible it's not yet it's not yeah it's it's um i was just thinking of charlottesville because i was at um this conference the code conference mm -hmm. which is a big tech conference and um where was it in california mm -hmm. ranchos Ranch, Ranchos Palos. Rancho Relaxo. No, Ranchos Palos Verdes. <laughs> Sorry. Is, I think it's the name. Yeah. It, it's like this beautiful, it's on this, it's in this beautiful resort on like the, the ocean. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm there, I'm like, wouldn't it be nice to be here and not 
at at a fucking conference where you're like uh, you know schmoozing and confronting people. Yeah. But uh, Linda McMahon was interviewed. Um, I don't know if you know who Linda McMahon. This is a great example of our reality now being like a TV show. Uh-huh. Linda McMahon is the wife of uh, Vince McMahon, the founder of WWE. Oh yes. And Linda oh, McMahon, okay. uh, who was a big Trump donor uh-huh. and is friends with Trump, is now the head of small business for America. Okay. She's like the whatever person who leads the small business alliance of the government or okay. something. So she got a job. She got a job because, mm-hmm. um, this, you know, because that's how it works. You mm-hmm. donate to Trump and then he gives you a job right. that you're unqualified for. Of course. I mean, she, you know, I guess she's a business person. Anyhow, I was, but I asked her if, if um, you know, I was like, does his, you know, policy, you know, does his feelings on Mexicans being rapists and, you know, drug dealers and um, on, uh, you know, banning trans people in the military and, you know, his discrimination mm-hmm. in him, you know, siding with neo-Nazis and Charlottesville. I was like, does that affect any of your work, you know, working with small businesses since you, know, you want to have diversity and that sure. sort of thing? She was like, no, of course not. And she's like, you're taking him out of context. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's like actually exactly in context. Like, yeah. But it's like, if, but I remember, because I was like thinking when I wanted to ask her, like, what will what will I ask her? What I really wanted to do is, I mean, honestly, I just wanted to remind her that she works for a person who's a piece of shit, right? Um, and by proxy, she is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also, I was curious to know, like, uh, if like Mac, uh, somebody who's Mexican of Mexican descent comes and wants a loan, like, mm-hmm. is there any policy there? You know, obviously, yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, like, to think about, like, oh, what are all the things that he's done? I was trying to think of all of the ways that he's been racist or yeah. discriminatory or awful, and it was like there were so many options. Yeah. Like I wanted to mention like the thing that he did when he was a bit, you know, marking C on people's names. Like the New York Times reported the story yeah. about how when he was, you know, doing real estate in the 70s, he was sued by the federal government twice for mm-hmm. discriminating, discriminating against, against uh, people, people of color. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, it's just like there's so much of it you kind of forget. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And I do think it's um, it has obviously been accelerated by the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there is like the New Yorker writes a lot about this is interesting. Like the New Yorker is writing so much more about politics than it's ever yeah. done before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Remnick is like, it's like on a regular uh, basis is, has a uh, an editorial about the destruction of America. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is like mm-hmm. it's and the a website as well. I think that, you know, it's it's. it's as far as I know, I don't know behind the scenes, but it just seems to me from what is happening that there's obviously been a, been a concerted push to make it more yeah. of a newsroom, you know, to, sure. to follow the news cycle in a much more accelerated way. Yeah, I mean, it's it, one of the things for, we launched, we launched the outline um, in uh, like December of 2016. Mm. It really was like, you know, the right. beginning of 2017. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, I didn't think Trump was going to win at all. When you were planning. We were like, like yeah, yeah, we had plans that were mm-hmm. like on election night, you know, we were in like Slack together. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, what is going on? You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's so many things that so many stories that we covered and so many, th- you know, things that we wrote about this pa- the past year that I would have never imagined, honestly, that we would have been touching on. You know, there are like stories we've written about Trump and about immigration, about, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, I did not think th- these were going to be the topics of the yeah. moment. I thought mm-hmm. that, I thought there would be other things to debate. Sure, um, but it is interesting. Like, so, so in the in this, and we have to talk about John Mayer because I keep talking about <laughs> of what course. I could try. Um, of course. But in the, but in this moment of 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 this kind of like em, enormous sort of emotional and societal strife that we're in in America. Um, 
Are, by the way, are, do you have dual? You have dual citizenship. Yes. With in Israel and mm-hmm. here. So yeah. is there ever? Are you? I mean, I, I don't feel like Israel is like an insane place to be. Too. Yes. Like yes, I know. It's. it's I mean, I mean, it's only been. Crazy. It feels like it's only been. It's only gotten more dangerous to be in the Middle East at all, or anywhere near the Middle East. Yes. In, in the age dis- of Trump, it's very discouraging. Yeah. Because I, you know, when I left Israel, this was I came to America in two thousand and. Two, as an adult, I mean, as a child, I spent time in America, but with my parents because my dad worked here. But, like, as an adult, I came to go to grad school in 2002, and I came to go to school, but I also, in a way, I think was very—I was I was discouraged about Israel in a variety of ways. I mean, it'll always be where I'm from, and my family is there. It's a place that's important to me, but— I wanted some relief from the uh, kind of like tense political and ethical, you know, questions that right. the place constantly like confronts you with. And I came here and I was like, yeah, America, I mean, relatively speaking, I, then there were the Bush years, of course. <laughs> right. You had a good time. When did you get? Yeah, 2002? 2002. Slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah. So it was right after, right 9/11. after yeah. uh, 9-11, right after Bush was elected. Uh, for the first uh, time. And so that was, but that was like, you felt, I mean, it was discouraging, but also I was new and I was a little bit, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't even have a green card that only happened later. So it still felt like a bit of a relief. And then of course the Obama years where you felt, you didn't feel like it was different, you know, it was going in a different direction. But now I'm like, wait, this, this is like, I'm, how did I find myself back in, and like BB right. land, you know, yeah. in, in a weird way. Like, yeah. why is this happening? No, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it's crazy. Just, yeah. It's crazy how, how rapidly the change from, oh, I mean, oh, you know, you felt like, well, it's, you feel like, well, these things are relatively, you know, there's a, Bush was very bad and, you know, but like it felt st- so stable for so long post Bush. Like, you're yeah. like, well, we've come out of this kind of really dark period and, you know, there was all this sort of these notions about Trump at the beginning where I was like, well, maybe actually he's been saying all this stuff, but he's he's from New York and he's kind of been a Democrat part sure. of his life. Yeah, and he doesn't it's, care. It's, he's he, this be, is all bullshit yeah. and he's going to get in and actually be like this real kind of centrist sort yeah. of person. And, you know, obviously that's not the case. But, um, you no, know, he's it, literally insane. <laughs> no, he's very. I mean, he's there's. It's been surprising how crazy it's yeah. been. No, it's very bad. I mean, I don't think we actually have yet. We can take kind of stock of how bad it truly is. Yeah. I mean, there's so much rot that has been introduced to the to system now. Like, I mean, the conversation that we're having a conversation where like the president is actually and his lawyer, who is Rudy Giuliani, who is completely <laughs> off his fucking rocker as well. It <laughs> yeah. was like a cartoon. I mean, he's like a cartoon villain. I yeah. mean, and I say that like people say that about people like, he's like a cartoon villain and like they don't mean literally like a cartoon, but like I mean literally like the things he says and the way he acts are cartoonish in yeah. nature. And 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 like you've got and now we're having a public debate about whether the president can pardon himself if like if if he's if you know if he's indicted yeah. or and it's like if if the president has to pardon himself because like you know an arm of the government is like you are involved in like russian meddling or whatever yeah. we want to call like the question is not about whether he can pardon himself i mean i feel like and now like you've got people like ted cruz like openly debating it you know on fucking twitter which yeah. is like I mean, that we're having this conversation now, it does feel like, is there a way to come back from the brink of this insanity? Yeah. You know, or are we now, 
in like a perpetual state of like a, a circling the drain sort of, cause that's how it feels. It yeah. feels like America is over in many ways. Like the America that has been the, now look, yeah. everybody will say, look, America's always been bad. Like America has always been very flawed. Yeah. But it's never been this openly, I feel like it's been a long time since it's been this openly fucked up. Yeah. Like really, I mean, George W. Bush was a, was a nightmare president. Yeah. He's a war criminal and should be in jail. Yeah. But he at least was like, kind of a politician yeah like he did I mean, regular I think, politician I think stuff he was just like he he knew how to put uh, he was seemingly at least more staid i mean this is just like herky jerky like <laughs> because they really don't know he doesn't know how to govern he doesn't know, he doesn't anything. know about process he doesn't know anything he doesn't know facts like i feel like the yeah. president like doesn't know basic facts yeah. like where things are on yeah. in the world or and the relationship like, between like Ukraine and Russia. Like, I feel like he doesn't really understand any of <laughs> like, I think if you ask friends, Trump, right? <laughs> yeah. if you ask Trump, like what is explain the relationship? Yeah. He would be at pains, by the way, a lot of people would, but I'm like, I would probably struggle with it a bit. Yeah, sure. But, you're but not I'm not the president, president, nor do I want to be. Yeah. You know, worse seems like the worst job. Um, the it's world. the worst job, but one of the, it also seems with the, you know, when you hear about like the infighting in the administration, how they're like eating each other alive and there's like total paranoia. And he's like, like Jeff every, Sessions sucks. It's like, you love Jeff, Jeff Sessions. Like you every, pointed him. Every second, like mm. there's more attrition and like people are just like, you think about, it's, it's basically like just like the worst office politics in the world. You just think about working for a shitty boss yeah. and how terrible it is. Now people are like sucking up and running scared <laughs> yeah. and like, Talking shit. Remember Scaramucci? Like, yeah, I <laughs> like Scaramucci. Him. I, it's like well, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, it Sean was Spicer. Remember good old Sean Spicer? Yeah, we had a whole run where well, Melissa McCarthy was doing a Sean Spicer impersonation. <laughs> There's a whole thing on SNL. The whole like they've abandoned an entire <laughs> collection of sketches about Sean Spicer. But with like, the podium. Yeah, with the that's right, the Robo Podium yeah. or whatever, which is a good gag. Yeah, but but like um. I actually, sorry, I'm going to talk, I'm going to say one more thing about politics, which is, you don't have to comment on if you don't want, but I heard, I read something either today or yesterday about Scott Pruitt mm -hmm. was like trying to buy a used mattress from the White House. He like had, <laughs> he had people what? on his staff inquire about buying a used mattress like from the White House. For I don't know. Reason? I don't know. I, I, I didn't I, read this. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Wynn, can you just Google this? Tell me if I'm insane. I saw this story that, this, I mean, maybe it was a Borowitz I want to talk about Borowitz for a second. I'm going to haze you about Borowitz. Uh, but um, do you know Borowitz? You do, right? I you guys get to I hang don't. out with him. Uh, yeah, okay. I hang out with him. Can no, you just, I've never just, just Google Scott Pruitt um, uh, mattress. mattress, White House mattress. Is this real? Okay. Um, uh, you have to, So Borowitz is, uh, is I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, mean, I, hate, I, have I no... hate Andy Borowitz with okay, a passion. Okay, that, that's fine. When I, I see I... a Borowitz report, which I believe is with the name of his. Yes. I should explain to anybody who doesn't know, whoever is listening. Uh, Borowitz, the Borowitz report is a um, satirical column. Mm -hmm. It's like The Onion in The New Yorker. Right. But it's not funny. It's you like, it's like, it's like a <laughs> fake. A I think at some point also they had to... Put the thing like satire from the New York. They have like a label on, on so the images. Just so people won't be like fake news. Well, you know. I and I believe that here's why Borowitz annoys me. Okay. The New Yorker doesn't do does some humor. Oh, it has a lot of humor. It has a lot of humor, but it, it doesn't has, like, do. It has like rumors, I think twice a day. Now but it doesn't do. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't have a, like a long history of doing straight, like satire of 
the news in the sense that like they're just right. made up. Yeah. Like the Onion will make up stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the uh, Clickhole had this amazing story, which I was talking about with somebody recently. Maybe you'll remember this. It was, a, it was like Taylor Swift had the perfect response to a Twitter troll. Mm-hmm. And the story was about how Taylor Swift has like systematically dismantled this person's life, <laughs> like got his wife to divorce him. Clickhole his kid, is really his, funny. He's like lost. He's he, Clickhole's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyhow, but like. It's but like so, I often read it and like I really tears of joy. Yes. Like, it's uh, yeah. one of the true j- great things yeah. that it's left on the internet. Yeah. Anyhow, Borowitz, sorry. I, there's no reason why you should have to hear this, but I'm going to just want to talk no, about please it. please go ahead. But Borowitz is like, I think what's annoying to me is I, I actually believe, and you don't have to say anything, but I believe that a large portion of the New Yorker's traffic on the internet is derived from Borowitz stories, which people think are real and they click on because people, a lot of people are not that savvy and don't know who Borowitz is. And that just annoys me. I just, that's it. That's my only thing. I just feel like it's annoying to see. When I see them, I'm like, because at first I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. Like if I'm reading in like on Twitter or something, sure, I see like the, the story. Yeah. I'm like, what? Um, anyhow, that's my Borowitz complaint. Maybe we'll edit that out. But uh, that's, we probably fine. won't. I mean, I, you have, don't no, have, to have, I have no horse in the guy. I've never met him. Right. You I'm know? sure he's a lovely guy. I just cannot stand his writing. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sure he's a lovely bit. The mattress I guess, story is real. It is real. Can you just give us a little excerpt of the mattress story? Is so that very loud in your headphones? A, a letter from essentially Pruitt's like assistant scheduler to one of the sub, like subcommittees was like, I did a lot of personal errands for him, including like scheduling like private flights and Super Bowl tickets, stuff like that. She also went to a Trump hotel to buy an oh, old mattress tr- for him. A Trump hotel. A Trump hotel. That's fucked but, up. But That's like suspicious. Why does he? Why would he need an old mattress from a Trump hotel? Interesting. We don't know. Is it one of those things where, like, um, you know, one of those MTV like busted shows where they check for like fluids with like a special light? That reminds me of my. Do you remember the show Hunter? I don't think so. I feel like I've talked about this in the podcast before. Hunter was a show about a cop. Uh, played by, uh, he was an ex-football player. It was like on in the 80s. Okay. And um, I remember this distinctly from my childhood. It's something okay. I remember very distinctly, which is there's an episode of Hunter, I don't know what the, I think they were after these, like this like Bonnie and Clyde couple that were like robbing right. like, stores in the area or mm-hmm. something, or maybe had done some murders. And they're like, uh, they found their hotel room and Hunter goes in and the forensics people are there. And this is like 80s cop drama, right? right. So you have to remember it's like very, like Starsky and Hutch style. Yeah. I don't know if you know Starsky and Hutch, yes, but okay, which is kind of 70s, but similar in, yeah. in a vein, you know, uh, like Magnum P.I. kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, the, he's like, he's like, what Hunter's like, what did you find? Hunter's like this, you know, hard nosed, you know, seasoned cop detective. They're like, what do you what did you find? He's like, we found every bodily fluid in the bed, including <gasps> blood. And I'm like. Wow. What are you telling me about what's happening in this bedroom? Wow. And like, what, when you say That's every, the thing you never forget. When you say, I never forgot right. it. And I think about it, I think, this could be, a, I think about it a lot. Maybe I'll write that for the cut. You should I, do that. Like, I do these things where I'm like, like I have another one, which is, which is, do you remember The Human Centipede? The, the movie? No. So was, no I ta- was I just talking about this with you recently? Did I just talk about this on another podcast? It's not just I think no, about it I think it you, like, brought time. it up briefly, but we didn't get into it because oh. it's The Human Centipede. The Human Centipede. Do you remember the movie? No, I don't. Do you know anything about it? No, no, I don't. Well, now that I've gone, now I have to tell you yes, about please. it. The Human Centipede was please a horror don't. film. I think it was made, and I want to say it's like 2000, oof, I don't know. I mean, I want to say 2000. 
2003, 2005. Oh, so, so fairly, fairly recent. 2009. 2009. Oh, my, oh my God. God. So the human flies. centipede, I'm going to give you the, I've never seen it because I refuse to watch it. Okay. It's a, it's a torture porn film. Oh, my God. It's, it's made by some Germans, I believe. So go figure. It's not porn. It's, but it's yes, like. Yes, yes. But it's American. The, the, I mean, it's tor- in English. It's, it's in English. It's in English. It's a Dutch film. But it's in, in English. English. It's a horror film. Wow. It was a very, it was a big success. The plot of the film totally is, I really, I do not want to describe this. I love that this is where we are. It's my fault. The plot of the film is a mad scientist um, kidnaps three people and- Puts them together? Puts them together. <gasps> Their um, mouths are sewn onto each other's assholes. No. Yes, okay. And the, so you get no. the idea, right? Okay. It's a disgusting Ugh. and insane idea. But the poster, which I remember vividly. Oh, no. No, you're going to like this. Okay. The poster had, didn't have any details of what the movie's about, obviously, because you can't show that. But it had. Uh, it just showed a puckered mouth the, no, open in a title, scream. It had the silent t- scream. You know, human centipede and then, you know, whatever, some titles or whatever. And then the tagline is, it's not even a tagline. It just says 100% medically accurate. Which is, I think, the most amazing piece of marketing. Because obviously there's zero that is medically accurate about the concept. But 100% medically accurate is like, what an amazing... Okay, anyhow, this is so off topic. Oh my God, I won't... I feel like the, 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 the soles of my feet I'm sorry. tingling I'm now, so sorry. For some reason. I've, I've, like, I've been very unkind to you, I feel like, today. <laughs> No. I gave I gave Nomi some bad news when she came in about a celebrity death and uh, then yeah. and then uh, now I followed up with talking about the human centipede. What was I talking about before that though? You were talking working towards something. about oh Did the you... body fluid, the mattress, the Scott Pruitt mattress. Oh Scott Pruitt, yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's just like this thing you're talking about with this being like such so surreal. Right. It's insane. Yeah, like it's yeah. What 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 else? What else know. could happen? I don't know. Let's let's move on to John Mayer and sure. then I think we have That's to wrap up. You've been here a long time. My but... favorite. My favorite topic. So have you done – I don't – you and John Mayer have interacted on the internet. We have interacted on the ha, have, internet. Have you, have you met John Mayer? I have not met John Mayer. Is it is it – he just responded to you talking about John Mayer? Explain well, the story to me. Okay. I'm so fascinated story, by John Mayer. Yes, me too. So the story is this. I have never been a fan, a special fan of John Mayer's music. I think I only not. know the hits. This you new know, song he's got out is pretty good. Yeah, it's new it's light. A, it's a bop, as the kids say. Very smooth. Very yeah. smooth. He's no, take, it's, I mean he's talented. It's just not. He's produced the only credible white guy music you can produce at this point. He's like a smooth. He's like a yacht rock. Yacht rock. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like John Mayer wants to be cool and credible, and I think that this is a safe place for him to be. Like yeah. he's not going to be post Malone. And the yeah no he's not going to be post Malone. I mean he's he's turned forty. You know yeah. so I feel pushing pushing forty in the friends zone. Work. Uh, Close in age, uh, so I feel close to him in that sense, I guess. And um, just generally, I mean, just gener- it's yeah. generational, yeah. Josh. So you guys I, also both rock, and we also rock. <laughs> yeah. He is half Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if you knew that. So I, as, I don't know if the listener knows, but all Jewish people are, are fascinated with whoever's left. Interested. Any Jews left is basically what they're interested in. Like, yeah. who's Jewish? Like Harrison Ford, I understand, is a quarter Jewish. He's a quarter Jewish, which yes. is very exciting to the Jews. It's a great, like, it's the pride of the Jews. Because Harrison Ford is such a cool all-American, like I know, I love bad, it when that bad happens. boy. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, he's a little Jewish. Yeah, and you're like, see, we're still here. See, yeah. Um, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix is he Jewish? I think they're like I think before they like converted to that weird cult. Oh, they're in a cult. Well, they, they grew up in I think in Children of God. I think that was the oh. parents, the Phoenix oh. parents. Oh. Uh, they were yeah they were like begging on the street and like uh, mm. playing the tambourine and stuff. Well, it worked I out believe. for them. 
Look at yeah. You know. I mean, it was. I think it was a, a no, notoriously like Ugh. you know fucked up family. But yeah. I, um, yes, I think maybe the mom is Jewish. Okay, that's uh, good enough for me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'll take it. So John Mayer, you've so been John fascinated Mayer. by him as a so man. So the dad is Jewish, I believe. Okay, Mr. Mayer, <laughs> Mayor Mr. Senior. Oh, uh, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, he has the tousled curls of a, you know, a Semitic. Yeah. He's a good looking guy. He is a very good looking guy. I mean, John Mayer is very classically handsome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Broad shoulders. He's very tall. Olive complexion. He's. (laughs) Kind of a sleepy, doe-eyed, sort of half awake. Yeah. You know, a kind of a, he seems to be saying, hey, no matter what. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. It's perpetual hey. Yeah. All right, anyhow, hey. so, yeah, like, hey, 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 um, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so w- was never, uh, you know, a big fan of the music, but the persona has intrigued me for going on a decade now, I want to say, uh, because, yeah. you know, he had that period because because he dated celebrities. He's like a serial celebrity dater. He is you a know. celebrity. Well, he is a celebrity who also always just dates famous people. Well, you don't and, you don't want to date a regular person. And for me, that peaked with his Jen Aniston period. Which, really, Katy Perry? You didn't think was the? Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm just not as interested in Katy Perry, but yeah. not that she's a, necessarily like less or more famous than Jen. But... You know, J- Jennifer Aniston and Katy Perry have a similar um, public arc. They are um, interesting. Say more. Well, us, us Weekly and other tablets. I'm an avid us reader. Um, Still, even uh, no, no. I've stopped. I've, actually, I've stopped reading. And yeah. fuck us magazine, and they can go to hell. Um, <laughs> but but I did read us up until uh, the recent uh, acquisition, mm-hmm. and um, and also it's terrible. They put like Melania and the fucking Trump brothers right. in the cover. I, mean, it's like, I don't. Now, it's yeah. like, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. Um, it was one thing when you put like a, a reality celebrity I've never heard of on the cover, and sure. you're like, they had a baby, and it's like, I guess I'll read yeah. this. Um, but anyhow, but us, you know, we actually did a story about um, we did a story. Kelly Conaboy wrote for us about secret hell, the phrase secret hell, which I noticed cropping up on us over the years. Secret which is hell. A, like, her, uh, like my drugs hell. Kirstie, like Kirstie my... Alley's secret hell. Oh, OK. Yes, um, yes. But secret hells are specific. They're w- for women. Um, hmm. They're they're a specific kind of place you get into. Um, uh, Brad Pitt and um, Angelina Jolie. I believe Angelina had a secret hell that she was enduring because of Brad Pitt. It's usually when a right, man he is, was like an when a man is cheating on you, yeah. or when you have a drug problem, or when he has a drug problem. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But 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 the arc of Katy Perry and Jen Aniston is this very specific thing where it's a uh, the wounded woman, the woman who has been abused. Like they did a big story about Russell Brand when Katy Perry and Russell Brand broke up about yeah. him. he's like a sex maniac he's a and sex she's addict. a good girl. And and right. he, you know, did, did try to make her watch midget porn and all this. Like, oh. it, that's actually in the story. Oh. And it's like, and she was just, you know, scandalized by it and couldn't handle it. And it was a, she was in a, a secret hell. They actually don't describe it as a secret hell. But I, <laughs> I think, I believe based on what I know, it was a secret hell. A hell of her own. Yeah. Well, hell of his creation <laughs> yes. that she was forced into secretly. Right. in Out of the view of the public. Um, yeah. But they're like this woman, a woman who has been. Unlucky in love. Taylor Swift has a similar narrative that she yes. created for herself. Unlucky in love. Unlucky in love. Yeah. When will has she been find abused love? by her. Poor Jen. By the great, uh, famous spouse that was supposed to be this wonderful man. Yeah. I mean, Katie also crafted this narrative in her in her um, documentary, which I've watched several times because it's really? fucking amazing. Have you never seen the Katy Perry documentary? No. It is fucking. What is it called? Uh, pieces of me or piece of me or something? It's like. 
Wow. I don't know what it's called. That's not what it's called. But it's, should I? Should I? It's called like Part of Me, I think is what it's called. Okay. It's fucking amazing. Wow. I watched it the first time in Bermuda. Laura and I were in Bermuda and we were, it was like raining and we were like, let's watch the Katy Perry documentary. And I was like, it's so good. There's, she does like a whole breakdown in it. The whole Russell Brand thing's unraveling in the documentary. Wow. Because it's part of her narrative. How did I miss this? I don't know. You fucked up. You got to go back and see it. I, I think really it's, I'm sure it's on Netflix up. or something. But anyhow, I but there's a, there's a specific narrative there. <laughs> there's just the narrative of this, of this woman. And then they get like redemption through a man where like Jen's redemption is through Justin Thoreau, which of course now is she's returned to the narrative of it's a narrative of unlucky in love. And she's been unlucky in love. No kids is a is a big component yeah. of that. And yeah. Katie, Katie and, Perry, and they're always like, I still believe love is possible. And it's like this. Sure. It's a really familiar narrative that that us likes to spin. Yeah. Anyhow, get back to John Mayer. Yes. So, John. So I became interested in him over the years because oh, wow. of. uh his sort of like he's was a celebrity in his own right, but because I wasn't interested in music, what I was interested in was his sort of like bad boy, yeah, like consistently dating celebrities. Jessica Simpson, total bad boy, was like inc an incredible moment for him, um, because it was just so interesting. Jen Aniston, Katy Perry, Jen Aniston, Katy Perry, who else? Jessica Simpson. There's more. Um. I think I believe he dated. I might be wrong about this. I think he dated like Sherry Appleby in the early two thousands. That's some like that's some. Uh, she's on Entourage. No, in on Unreal. You know. Oh right! Oh right! And, right! Right! You know she's an actress. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, now she, she's like she was not on Entourage. She was she's on married on... to the guy from um, Adam on... from like John Shook, the guy from John Vinny's, like a restaurateur in L.A. Wait a second. Was she not in Entourage? Shiri Appleby was on Entourage. I feel like she was. Can we Is Google that, that Emmanuel Shrieky, maybe? Maybe I'm thinking of. Right. I don't Another know. Jewess. Oh, they both Jewesses? I believe so. Yeah. See? I'm on the case. There, there they are. Don't never say that. There not. used to be a website called Jewhu.com. I don't know if you remember it. I it remember was like, Jew or not Jew. It, well, there was one called, I think it was called Jewhu, which was like it cataloged all of the Jews. I, um, Guy Oziri wrote a book in the early 2000s. Madonna's called, Manager? Yes, yeah. called Jews Who Rock. Yeah. And it was about Jews who rock. Madonna, not Jewish, but converted to Kabbalah, which yeah, is... Yeah, Kabbalah enthusiast. I don't think we consider that to be part of no. the actual no. thread of Judaism, but Madonna does. <laughs> right. Ga uh, Rabbi, Guy Ritchie, uh, Guy Ritchie, Jewish as fuck. What? Uh, not Guy Ritchie. Guy oh, is that her husband, Guy Ritchie? I mean, her former her former husband, husband super Jewish, ex Orthodox what? Jew. Actually, please, can somebody please check me on this? I'm fairly certain he is a hard. His family is a hardcore Orthodox what? Jewish family. Yeah, but, is, I mean, how is that possible? So, from the website, Jew or not Jew? Oh, okay, okay. It says Guy Ritchie is not a Jew. No, that's wrong. <laughs> or maybe I it's the other way around. Wait, maybe it's the other way around. She was trying to like uh, convert him to Kabbalah or yes, something. I mean, maybe that's that's, that's very possible. I thought I thought there was some Jewish Guy Ritchie connection. Beyond Madonna. Oh, maybe he hates Jews. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> he is extremely not Jewish. No. Is what you're thinking of. No. You know who's Jewish? Dave Gahan. Gahan from what? Depeche Mode. Yeah. What? Jewish. You didn't know that? I can't believe you didn't know that. No. Can I you love look that up? Dave Gahan. I don't want to be wrong about this one. Now that you're so excited I, about it. I mean, I can see it. Definitely. He's a tortured Jewish man. He's a tortured Jewish man. When? The Daily Star says that he is that Guy Ritchie is actually really Jewish now. Oh, oh, now, now. but this is post Kabbalah. Wait, but what so, about... this is, so apparently, while married to Madonna, ah, he like resisted. Okay, 
but then like kind of just went along with it and then it's his it's with his new lady who's his new lady yeah who's that Shiri Appleby, a Dave Gahan in <laughs> no, Israel. For Here's a story. She's a model. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dave Gahan in Israel for son's wedding. This is from Ynet what? News. Uh, top ten hottest Jewish musicians. He's in there. Uh, wow. Oh, here's like him at his son's wedding in the yarmulke and everything. Wow. Wait, is this a photo of it? It's a bad photo, but I think he's on the right there. That's incredible. I've never yeah. been happier. I'm excited also. From the name, I could see him being like maybe an Iraqi Jew or something. You know, like maybe like, I don't know why he strikes me as like. Well, he's born in Essex. Well, yes. I just mean the family. I wonder if I'm right. Uh, I don't know, but you should look into it. Maybe there's an article for you out there. <laughs> you know? Maybe you got a little story to I work actually, on. in my three months in the New Yorker, I've actually managed to write about the Bush Road already. Have you? Yeah, for the, you know, recommendations. Right. Like, I right. recommended 101, the, you know, the right. 89, uh, 1989 uh, concert. Um, good stuff. Album, yeah. So, anyhow, you've been fascinated by John Mayer because yeah, of so his Yeah, so I was fascinated. <laughs> Basically, he was, because he was very, you know, th this links up to my desire to know everything and, and my attraction to celebrities who sort of, like, uh, kind of, like, uh, slide back the curtain even just a little bit to show us their right. funny opinions and they're like they let slip all sorts of like details and theories and being you know because he was unguarded and those like been he had two interviews i believe this was like 2008 maybe or 2009 where one to rolling stone one to playboy where he just like let loose right he said that thing about like jessica simpson being sexual napalm for him and how he couldn't let her go because she was just so like, she was sexual napalm. Like, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was like he didn't have a handler. He yeah, or he just him. yeah he just didn't care. And yeah. then he went into a sort of hiding, not hiding, right? Because he was he, like a bad guy. He was just like, yeah, I said too much. Yeah. And now he's back, and he's like, or now he's been back for a while, obviously. And now he has this whole like other part where it's just like the he's like a hype beast. He's like the street the streetwear guy. He loves watches. I know that he because, loves watches because he does stuff with Hodinki, which is this watch site. Okay. Um, and he, I've seen him like like, like years ago. They did interviews with him because he's like a big watch collector. Mm -hmm. But he was also like, wasn't he on the Chappelle show? Well, he does. Well, he. Do, I don't know about the show, but he's doing shows with Chappelle now. I think he did some sketches or was participated in something on Chappelle on show. Chappelle. He's a funny guy. He's a funny dude. He is a funny guy. He's self-aware to an extent. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Probably not the whole way. Which, but who is? Well, his new video, his new song is like, as I mentioned, you know, it's pretty. I mean, I hate to say it because I don't think his music is good, but the new song is pretty catchy and pretty good. Yeah. The video is very funny. Yeah. He's funny. It's and kind he's, of a he's... riff. I will say, I don't know if you if you know any if you're a Father John Misty fan at all, but uh, not really. Uh, well, he, uh, uh, Josh Tillman, who I don't think is Jewish, but his name is Josh. He's not. He's actually from an evangelist family. Okay, yeah, that makes he's sense. From a Christian. There's, there's a, there's a, uh, I think there's a facial hair intersection there with evangelical Christians mm -hmm. and uh, highly religious Jews, but um. He has a song called Mr. Tillman, but the original, like, there was, like, a lyrics video for it. But mm -hmm. it, in the middle of the video, which I was watching, listening to it, he starts doing the thing that John Mayer does in his video, which is, like, dancing over, like... Like a green screen. Green screen, mm -hmm. which is weird. It's, they're weirdly timed, so I'm not going to say that John Mayer ripped him off, but... 
Huh. I was going to tweet at John Mayer about it, but then I decided not to. Interesting. So, so John, okay. So the thing is, I'm he, gonna... he's definitely like a he's definitely like a cultural like vulture. Yes. So he he definitely is. And so the thing is, basically, my thing with Mayer is that I started hounding him on Twitter to follow me back. Right. Like I begged and begged and begged, and I made jokes, and I was like, you know, I was just like shamelessly like begging for that follow back. Right. Uh, and it took like a really long time. <laughs> Yeah, it took like a year or more than a year. Uh, and what would, was did you have like um? I mean, it was every just once whenever in a, you thought about yeah, it, yeah, every once in a while I'd pick it up because it was a good bit. You how, know? how many followers? How many followers do you have on Twitter? I think I have like about like a, a little over ten thousand followers. Are you verified? No, I'm not. You're not. I never tried to be. Uh, now you're, but it, this was at the time when you were at the at the New York Times. Yeah. So it helps, like, if he looks at you, right? If he's going to be harassing him, he'll be like, "Oh, well, this is not a nobody. It's like not a, it's like this person's not a crazy." Yeah. No, he uh, and we have some mutual friends. We yeah. had some mutuals. So okay. he, that's, I think, that's I think, something. I think he knew, and then finally he like caved. Yeah, and he followed you. Yeah, he followed back. He yeah. broke like a twig. Yeah. <laughs> It was exciting. I remember when it happened. It was really exciting. You I think you retweeted it or you Instagrammed it or I something. I mean, I did everything. You did it all. It was, you did an I Instagram did, story I, about it. I did it all. And now are you in communication with John Mayer? So no. So what's so tragic is that this was maybe like, I want to say November. Oh. Okay. <laughs> or like something like that. And right. then, or December, I don't know. And then with the new year... He's been off Twitter. He hasn't. I, he's he's tweeted, tweeted a few promotional things. Yeah, you know, like I'm touring his, his with the people, dead. His people. His people. Yeah. Right. Or like, yeah, you no, know, that's I'm doing a smart this, move. I'm doing with Chappelle thing, but he's not on Twitter anymore. No, that's the move. If I was a celebrity, and I, I, I just had this conversation with a lot of people because I was arguing with Elon Musk on on Twitter. Oh yes. Um, oh, we need and, to talk about Elon. And oh, okay. well, we could do we could do a couple minutes on Elon, but okay. but um, you know, I was like, listen, you could not fucking pay me. To use Twitter if I was a billionaire. Right. I would never look at it. I wouldn't think about it. There would be no reason for me to access Twitter.com. But don't they also need gratification? No, they Listen, he can be gratified in many other ways. I, You do not. If you are Elon Musk, I'm going to tell you right now. If you are Elon Musk, Twitter is of no use to you. Right. It can only bring you harm. And as it has done. Yeah. It can only bring you harm. Yeah. Stay the fuck off Twitter. And I'm not trying to edit him or say he shouldn't speak his mind. Yeah. But I'm saying, well, I'm saying if I were Elon Musk yeah. or anybody who's rich and famous, like Tom right. Cruise doesn't fuck with Twitter. Yeah. He has a Twitter account. He's not tweeting. Right. Tom Cruise is not on Twitter like, this video is hilarious or like whatever, like, sure. you know, tweeting about the, the resistance or whatever. Yeah. He probably voted for Trump, but um, he doesn't vote. Yeah, I'm See, sure he doesn't vote. What are earthly votes? Yeah, when you're when you're when you're imbued with the power of Zenu. By the way, I love Tom Cruise. He's my favorite celebrity, and uh, having, he's an interesting celebrity. Having met and talked to Tom Cruise, which I talk about whenever possible, <gasps> backstage at the at late night uh, with oh, Jimmy Fallon, we spent God. like 20 minutes, so 20 solid minutes, me, Laura, and at the time my assistant Michael, talking to Tom Cruise about books, and it was no. he was fucking so cool and awesome. Was he? He had that like eye contact, amazing like he was, eye contact thing. Do you know and... the? Do you know? Have you you read the Great Gatsby? I assume. Yes, yes. There's a there's an excerpt in the Great Gatsby when it talks about when Gatsby speaks to you the way it makes you feel mm -hmm. that you are the center of attention yeah. that there is no one else in the room. Yeah, that is how it feels to talk to Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I and I think it is genuine. I don't think it is a put on. I yeah. think that Tom Cruise genuinely is interested in you when you're talking to him, yeah. and that is what's so compelling.
Right. Anyhow, he's a magical person. Yeah. Um, but I do. That's why I've thought a lot about becoming a Scientologist because I feel like there's something. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I obviously quackery, but maybe there's a little something there. Right. And if I could get into a, another room with Tom Cruise, it'd all be exactly. worth it. Exactly. Uh, anyhow, but like, yeah, Elon. Like, it's like, it's like, don't use Twitter. Yeah. Like John Mayer's smart. He's like, what the fuck am I gonna do? I it's like, I can smoke weed and play guitar all day every day. What would be the point of being on Twitter? Well, he's funny, so yeah, I yeah. feel like. But he that... could make a he could make a TV show. He could have a web series. I guess so. he could be. He could like. Yeah, I guess I mean, you could do like real things. I guess. Like yeah, like like we're funny ish. Maybe. I yes. mean, you're definitely funny. I'm. I you know. We're funny. And, and you know, my part of our jobs are to be on Twitter. Yeah. And but I also enjoy the sometimes enjoy the performance of it. Yeah, love the laughs. Sure. Love when a tweet goes viral. Yeah. Um, but like. I get it for us. Right. I don't get it for John Mayer. Yeah. It's like, don't go down there. Right. Don't go in the basement. Well, so he's, well, now he's very big on Instagram. He does a lot of stories. Sure. He doesn't follow back on Instagram, which is like, John, if you're listening, follow back on Instagram. He is listening, actually. John Mayer is a big fan of this podcast. Come on, John. John, I know you're out there. Do better. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be a good man? Follow Nomi on Instagram. It, it'll be worth your while. You'll enjoy it. You see everything. It'll happen. Parties, dinner parties. Uh, it'll happen. Her be- beautiful child, her very handsome husband. Very handsome, extremely handsome. Uh, he's very tall. How tall is he? 6'4". Oh, he's my height. Yeah. That's cool. You're tall. I'm tall. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do I see on your Instagram? Um, uh, Cats. Sometimes you're like, Cats. well, we didn't talk about this at all. And we, I have to wrap up, unfortunately. Yes. I, like, I could talk. I feel like we could actually talk for much longer. Yes. The Face Magazine. The Face which, Magazine. Which you've, I think you've Instagrammed yes. some old faces. Yes, I do have some old issues. I am, The Face Magazine is my. Mecca. It's my ultimate magazine. Mm-hmm. It is the magazine that made me love magazines. Yeah, I, lo- I loved it too. And it is actually like, the outline is like uh, my week pathetic attempt to try to recreate some of the magic of Don't the face no but you know i'm mean, that's not the face well i mean nothing will be the face no. ever because it's also a different time we like had a logo treatment not... which was like identical to the face like oh, i really? had the face font but it was the outline yeah. we had like hundreds of different logo treatments before mm-hmm. we came up with the the one that we picked which um i describe as um uh deceptively banal um, I like, like the logo. It's thank good. you. No, it's I'm nice. not fishing, but no, no. but the point is, uh, yeah, the face, and you've talked about it, and I, you're one of the few people. I know that Nick Denton is a big fan of the face. The one thing that I have in well, common with Nick British. Denton is that, yeah. besides being a media person, is um, is is we're both British. Um, no, uh, <laughs> that he likes the face. He's half Jewish. That's his, he's, <laughs> he's half Jewish. He, he is. Well, he's in media, so it's he uh, is he, in media, right? Had, they and wouldn't you, let him. And you they wouldn't know, let him have Gawker. If, and you know, well, they took it away from him. the media. Yeah. 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 Who owns it? Who owns? Sorry, uh, yes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so yeah, so now you and John Mayer are friends. Well, I mean, if he ever returns to Twitter, yeah, I'll Twitter. have a way to DM reach him. You can out. DM him. But he's not on it, but I John, don't think. Don't you want to write about him for The New Yorker? I feel like this is the time. Why don't you, I don't want to give you a free idea, but. Uh, give I mean, me a free no, idea. I should. Why wouldn't I want to give you a free yeah. idea? I mean, because now I'm thinking, like, why don't we write about John Mayer? But um, you should talk to him about his new song. And his whole new vibe, which is like, oh, the other thing is that he in the video, this is really annoying to me. And then, and then this will be the last thing, probably okay. close to the last thing I say. Okay. Um, he's wearing these Nikes. I bought these Nikes that are super fucking weird, like dad Nikes that 
I've never ever seen anybody else and I get a lot of compliments on them. I'm Are not you wearing a them today. Head, I'm Josh? not. I'm not. Okay. But I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. And I bought these Nikes and I actually can't think of the name of them right now. I think they're like a Pegasus, but they're like a future Pegasus. Mm -hmm. He's wearing the same fuck these fucking shoes in the video. He's well, the only other be, person yeah, I've seen in the shoes. Yeah, they must be highly. They uh, are. These are not them, but yes, they're purple and green and orange. Yeah, and he's and wearing that purple. They're beautiful. And... Um, anyhow, Naomi, this has been. It's there's been so much great. more to say. So much more to say. Have uh, me back. This is. I been want great. to have you back, um, but I just want to say to the listener, read, read Naomi's writing. It's all, all over the NewYorker.com. You you publish pretty often. Once a week. Once a week. Mm -hmm. Seems like a lot more. Like Sometimes I see your stories it, more, but maybe it's because I follow you everywhere. Yeah, you know? it, it it should be about once a week. Sometimes you know one week doesn't have any, and then two. Come and they out love and... you. The New Yorker loves you. I hope. so. I think it does. I see the New Yorker account. I feel like I see them tweeting your stories. Maybe you're retweeting the New Yorker account, tweeting your stories. That's why I see them. But uh, maybe. I feel like <laughs> I, I, don't know. I feel like there's like a lot of love for the stories that you're doing because they are they are really clever and interesting and and and. Uh, it's like a little bit of a different perspective on pop culture, a little bit more thoughtful. I mean, we think we try to do some of that here. It's just like it's they're funny and they're smart and they're little slices of the weirdness of what is happening in pop culture right now, which I love. Uh, so, thank you. No, that's really nice. So if you're listening, read her stuff and then you'll have to come back. I would love to. And thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though. I understand that your family is all soloing with John Mayer, and the licks are just not that good.